This is NRL Boom Rookies. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of NRL Boom Rookies. My name's Dale and as usual I'm hosting. Matt Bungard is not here this week. Who knows where he is? A mystery for the ages. Uh, To my right. As usual, a man whose team has put up a win-loss record that looks like the registrar's notes at a Welsh hospital. It's Mitch Doyle. Still don't get it. No, I'm glad you don't because it's beautiful. Lots of L's and W's. Um, and to my left, man who spins more yarns than a Pakistani rug salesman, it's Nick Campton. Good to be here, fellas. I'm sure it is because it's good for us. Otherwise, it'd just be me and Mitch talking about our weeks. Hey, I, I can talk shit, don't you worry? I am aware of that. <laughs> I'll do a solo pod for an hour and a half. Is that a challenge? <laughs> Well, I mean, we've, we know how Harry goes with Steel City when he exactly doesn't have right. a guest, and exactly uh, right. I can it. only imagine how that would go. With I'm you. glad the Knights have started winning games because that was that was starting to get very dark. Oh man, Harry Ramage for a while there. Just Harry playing single notes on a piano by oh, himself man, in a dark just room, spiraling down into the depths of his own Knights-related insanity. Is anyone even listening to this anymore? <laughs> <laughs> He's a cry for help. Am I still listening this to this anymore? Am I still here? Help. We find him dead in his apartment with like Brad Ty's name written on the walls of his own blood or something. Get very like, This is like the Revenant, but rugby league. He's not chasing his son. He's chasing yeah. his sanity. Uh, alrighty, into the first game of the round. It's uh, Canberra 26, Canterbury-Bankstown 10 at Bruce Stadium in Canberra. Uh, Aiden Caesar is the greatest player in rugby league history, yes or no? Double yes. Double yes? But probably this round's best player. Ooh, I, that's um, a big call too, probably. but good. I like it. Aiden Caesar's someone that I think a lot of people who were uh, you know, a little bit up on footy expected big, big things since mm. his first couple of seasons at the Titans. And he's one of the first people to admit that it hasn't quite gone as well as he would have hoped in Canberra, like for a variety of reasons. But this was the the first game, I think the first 80-minute period, where I thought, yes, this is the Aiden Caesar that I thought Canberra were getting all along. Yeah. You know, there's been flashes. There's been, you know, 20 minutes here or a half there at times. This was the first time where I thought, yes, this is this is the fella I thought we were getting. Yeah, it's it's taken a while to get there. I mean, the bet, last good moment I remember me having is at forty twenty last year, and that's you know, that's and that was it. really good though. But like, yeah, let's, but let's not again, slip on that. Again, if, a flash of brilliance. Forty twenty shouldn't stand out so much as like I only highlight it for a player. But that's yeah. that's what his year was last year. But yeah, I thought when he was going to Canberra, one of my very terrible signing of the season picks. I'm pretty pretty bad at those, but yeah. I had him down as one of the signings of the year, and um, and you know that that didn't really work out, and it hasn't worked out. We saw him thrown at hooker the start of the year. Didn't enjoy it. The most visibly, I don't know, a guy enjoying his footy less I don't think I've seen on the footy field. But yeah, it was good to see him on Thursday turning yeah. around and Canberra really turning around. I mean, I thought Junior Paulo had his first really good game in a while too for, for the Raiders. He did. And he showed that even though he's probably still carrying a little bit more timber than him or the Raiders would like, he can still put out big minutes. He can still give you 50 good minutes a week. I like that switch of having him start and having Boyd on the bench. Because I think Boyd's only good for about thirty mm. on a good day, you know, yeah. and I think it's just it's just easier with your rotations when you've got the bigger minute guy starting. Well, I'm one of the advocates that Junior Paulo is worth the money he's asking for. So yeah, as 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 am I. I want to go on record. Yeah, on the, the podcast of note. Yeah, so for those so, the, that pe- know, so the people might. Yeah. quite humbling. He's apparently asking for seven hundred thousand dollars a year, which yes is a lot of money, but you know where does he sit worth that? You know, Paul Vaughan's on six to six fifty. 700, 700 is what it costs to keep him. What's an extra 50K or anything? And, and plus, worth? I mean, of course, we've discussed it on here before, but you've got to pay the Canberra tax to keep people down there as, well, much, as, as much as we hate that, but it does happen. And is he as good as Paul Vaughan? P- possibly not, but he's going to ask that money and he's going to get it. I think he might actually be a more talented player than Paul Vaughan, just not playing that well at the moment. I see, yeah. I, see I, I, would, I, would, I think in terms of, of sheer talent, they're about level. Mm. 
Yeah, you I mean, know, I don't think Paulo is right now. He's he's still quite good, but he's not the player he could be in the future. No, not at all. Um, do we think that Canberra's performance was down to the fact as as much as Caesar was great, and as we mentioned, there were players in you know different rotations. The fact that the Bulldogs had just got awful at rugby league. I think that plays a part in it, but at the same time, I think Canberra's aggression, both with and without the ball. And just having Caesar's kicking game to work off all the time just made such a big difference. And I think the, the final scoreline was like, you know, 26-10 or whatever. Canberra could have won this by 40 points. Because yeah. they left four tries on the board in the first half and then two more early in the second. Yeah, you know what then, I mean? You know, they went down to 14 players. And credit to them compared to the first four rounds. I think everybody's predicting, well, that's it. They're down oh, to when, foreign, when foreign scored, I, mm. thought, I honestly thought it was over. I thought... You know, they've put in until now, but they'll fatigue and it'll just be too hard and they'll just fall over. And and they didn't. And that's a credit to them because it had been a tough month for, for them. And, like, let's be honest, for me as well. Mitch has seen me. It's been a, a very rapid spiral into just, you a, know. A lot of dark self-reflection. Oh, yeah. A lot of, lot of listening to Johnny Cash with the lights off. You feel me? Like <laughs> Sitting out the back reading Sartre in the dark. <laughs> yeah, I feel for you. I, I, I'm glad that we got you on after the first win because... God, this would have been a bad podcast. Bro, if you had me, probably the Knights game was probably tougher than the Manly game, and then the Warriors game was probably the toughest of all. If you had me yeah. on after the Warriors game, it would have been it was, like a, 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 de- a deeply depressing experience for all of us. <laughs> yeah, and I, th- I sort of thought, yeah, back to this game, no white, and one of my agendas, obviously, at fullback. I thought the Raiders' defense... Probably coincidentally better, but it was just good to see Noah making absolute howlers. No, but the good thing about there. that is, even if it's a coincidence, it feeds into your agenda, no, which is which is selective. I'm That's very what selective you want. My agenda. That's what you want. Nick Cottridge yeah. at fullback. Oh, good. Obviously, not a fullback yet. Yeah, good. And, on him. and clearly hasn't been working on it. But yeah, didn't make any howlers and any mistakes. And you know, it's still just a ball runner. But you know, why not? He might not be. He might be the guy of the future, depending on what happens to Jack White. And so he might be the their next option. There. T- today, I learned Michael Oldfield is still a rugby league player. He is he not good. a bad little backup. No, good, have. but if, like I had no I, idea I he was still in the be, NRL. If Whiten gets stood down at some at some stage because of this court case and they had to go with Cotrick at fullback and Oldfield on the wing, I'd feel very comfortable with that. How are you with Croker on the wing? <laughs> I hate that. Okay, look, there is a certain subsection of Raiders fans who have this ridiculous and misguided belief that Jared Croker, the second greatest centre in the club's history, mm. one of the best centres of the last 10 years, I don't give a shit what anyone says, is actually a winger. That's and after pr- 200 games, 100 tries... Over over one thousand five hundred points, he's actually a winger. He's in the wrong position. Fairly woke. They want to stick. They want to stick Jack Whiten, who hasn't played in the centres for four years, in the centres, and they want to put Jared Croker on the wing because there's there's somehow mythical status attached to Jack Whiten playing centre. You know, I I have no idea where it comes from. I have no idea why it's so prevalent. It went away for a couple of years there when Croker started playing really good footy. It came back this year. It's closely linked to the subsection of Raiders fans that want Croker replaced as captain because somehow he's not alpha enough and he doesn't rev the boys up enough behind the post as if that that's the reason they're losing. Yeah. I, I, I don't see the logic behind either of those just <laughs> farcical and ridiculous opinions. It's just rugby league fans, mate. Eh? Like there's the whole thing, well, someone else has to be better than this guy. It's, you know, that's it. Like, there's someone has to be better than Cody Nick Raymond, for example. It just have to be. Yeah, it's like, and I've seen people say, oh, Kroger doesn't yell and scream at the rest yeah. like Gallon does. It's like, well, I don't want a captain that does that yeah. because it comes back and bites Gallon all yeah. the time. And yeah. The, yeah, and the captain you doesn't know? have to be the guy yelling at the team in the huddle. Like, you got to look at the Warriors and it's not Toolbars or Sheck revving them up in the huddle. It's yeah. Blake Green. It doesn't have to be the captain. Exactly. You don't, you don't have to be the captain to do that or exactly. be a leader and by screaming guys at like Guys like Hodgson and, and Soliola. And Whitehead, to an extent, they don't have to be captain for them to be leaders in the team. Yeah. You know what I mean? 
you don't need to wear that. You don't need to have the goddamn armband to be a leader or to, or to lead by example. And Soliola's been Soliola's been around the traps for long enough to not necessarily need to be yelled at in a situation like that. Like he knows that if he's doing something wrong, of course, you know he's been in in different form. Mate. Rev but ups are not an issue at Canberra. Like, no, it doesn't need to be no, Ricky. Up. Yeah, Ricky's got enough rev ups to go around. They're the king of rev ups. They don't actually need someone on the field revving them up as well. They don't exactly. That's a tra- yeah. to adding to the trauma, if anything. But yeah, Bulldogs, mate. Like, I was just about not to Not being able to score there. points when the Raiders were down like that at all, not to really trouble anyone and have a lot of possession down the Raiders' end, too. Mm. Mm. Dreadful. It's that. It will, it's very clear at this point that the only ways they can score is through Moses and By. Or if they can set something up for the Morris brothers, yeah, like that, that's about it. And if that's really. whether that's by breaking through and feeding them, or one of the Morris boys having the ball fall to him and run ninety yes, meters, just, <laughs> like they just like, look devoid of ideas. Well, Foran, I, I, I Foran's getting a lot of raps, and he's going to the line and playing very direct and all that. But I don't think he can carry the attacking no. load. No for, a t- for a team the way other halves can. We like, never I've, could. Well, no, I've always thought Foran was like a very, very high end complementary player, like the best possible version of, of, of someone like Blake Green. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? You stick him next to a Cherry Evans or something like that or a Johnson like they have at test level and he'll be absolutely humming. Oh, yeah. And so Foran's doing those great things now, going to the line and, you know, doing his kamikaze runs, getting hit and then or giving the ball to someone else in space who is Jer- Jeremy Marshall King. Yeah. You mm. know, nothing's really happening. Yeah, he, if he was playing right now with another dominant half, he'd be, he'd be playing, you know, quite well. You'd, you'd think, and he's still playing decently. But yeah, he's never going to be the guy. He never was, and he's never going to be it now. He's never going to be the guy for your team. Yeah, and you know, love the Morris boys. We'll fight in the streets for them. But they're finished at this finishes at this point of their careers. They're not creators yeah. anymore. You know, and Will Hopawati, I think, still has a lot to offer in the NRL, but as a fullback, yeah, not as not as a centre anymore. You know, and so when you when you add all that up. Points are just going to be really hard to come by, mm. you know. And as as much as Canberra's defence was improved, the fact that the dogs couldn't put anything on them when it mattered, except for that foreign try. And I mean the the try that they scored at the end, which was basically oh, after the hooter as well. Time, garbage it? time, junk time. Yeah. So if I was a dogs fan, I'd be I'd be very very concerned. And as you say, I mean you've got Hopawade there who who has played fullback before, and you know had one of his best games at fullback if I recall last year. And by and you get like two doesn't go into one. One of them's, no, one of them's got it doesn't, a. But they've, they've shackled themselves to Hopawati. They've re-signed him until twenty twenty. Yeah. You know, I think if if a favourable offer came along from another club, they would be amicable to releasing Hopper. Yeah. I, I and I can't see what would stop them from doing that really because I mean they've got Mbaya who they who I think is a superior player and who offers a hell of a lot more mm-hmm. and is in great form mm. and will back himself if they if somebody's going to come in for Hopawati then I'd let him go. Why not? Well, the the White and Hopawati swap deal well, that's the one that I was want. cooked up between the walls of Casa de Bell, and that's I very much, one. I very much want that. Unfortunately, White's probably screwed that one up. <laughs> he, look, let's not let's not let's not write anything off. Let's not <laughs> throw, let's not throw the baby out with the bathwater. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Alrighty, moving on to Friday evening, the game at Endeavour Field, the Cronulla Sutherland ten Eastern Suburbs twenty eight. Uh, this was, look, I'll be really honest, a lot worse of a game than I thought it was going to be. Um, if if Reese Robinson scores against you, um, hey, hey don't league might not be don't disrespect Reese Robinson, man. He's a great ball runner. You know I have his back always and forever. <laughs> no, but I tell you, I saw someone I can't remember who. Someone was saying on Twitter that if Mitchell Pierce was the Roosters' halfback in this game, they would have lost. And I think that's right. And that's not a mm. shot at Pierce. That's just also a show. Fuck Mitchell Pierce. No, it's, that's not a shot at Pierce. It's just that the Roosters couldn't get much going in attack for like the first sixty minutes of this game. Yeah, 
except for Cooper Cron's kicking game. Yeah. And that really it kept them in the match and it helped propel them ahead of the Sharks mm. like it helped them propel them ahead of the Knights. Yeah. You know what I mean? Their attack is still, it's still getting there and it might not get there for another month or another two months. Oh, I hope they change some things up, though. Oh, they've got, they'll tweak a couple of yeah. things, definitely. But now they have such a great baseline to rely off. You know, like, even if nothing's working, they've got Kronk who can build pressure and create points through his king game. And that's something they haven't had since Maloney left. Like, they, they dominated that edge with Blake Ferguson, the kick into Blake Ferguson for two tries. Yeah. And the sweep play that they play out the back with with Kronk playing to, playing to Kiri and then out to the edge. Like, every time they do that, play, if they, every time they pull that play in the red zone, they look like scoring. Teams just don't look like they know what's going on. Well, I think the Kiri tedesco combination is really the key for them, because yeah. Kiri's able to get up to the line and dig into the line so, so quickly mm. that it creates space either for him or Tedesco, you know? And that's that's what gave, that's what got Teddy's try in the second half, coming off Kiri. So and I, Ki- think, I think that's the thing they've got to, that's the thing to focus on. And Kiri's pace, as, as you were saying, is not necessarily just that he digs in, but the fact that he gets to the line faster than I think the line expect him to get there yeah. every time. Yep. And that he forces them into a decision. And I think there was an, I think there was an incident in this game where, as you were saying, Tedesco scored. And he puts doubt in defenders' mind every time he goes to the line at speed, whether that's cutting in or, or following the slide. Every time they've got to make a decision. Yeah. And and they there were a number of instances in this game where they... They just get caught in two minds and they can't make a tackle. Well, I, I hate the Roosters' sweet plays currently because, like, like, it just they brought Jason Taylor back and he was the guy that did good things in 2013, but their attack a lot of the time looks like 2013 rugby league. Mm. But there is one play where they do switch Kiri back. They he, they kind of reverse a sweep back. So Kronk looks one way, but then they come back. Kiri comes back on a hard angle. Yep. That's a nice play. And that thing, mm. you know, it's led to points for them and, and for Tedesco on the trial outside of that. But I would like to see them, you know, shake that up a little. Yeah, get a bit more weeks. varied. A bit more varied. Really. And yeah, like Kronk's one of the best guys. In, in, well, it probably is to me the best in the game in getting a team to the right points to, set, to run the right plays. But the, currently, the playbook isn't that impressive to me. But mm. his kicking game and other things are just happening. When you've got a talented roster, things just happen. Yeah. But, yeah. I think the other real positive for the Roosters in this game was their forward pack, which has been sort of knocked around a couple of times this year and were knocked around a lot by the Warriors. Got, like, I think this was Talcaho's best game of the year. thought it was Courtner's best game of the year. You know, I know he hasn't been great, but I think the move to the bench is a good one for Hargraves. Yeah, I feel like he's still got to like. He, I feel like he's got to earn the spot back if they're going to even start him. Well, no, I actually think this this is a good fit for him now. Okay. Like, I think because like he's slowed down for a variety of reasons, and now he's probably best suited to being someone that comes off the bench, plays thirty five minutes, and just tries to kill people. And and Takiaho, I think, is a is a good enough player well, to start. That's he had his sure. first good game of the year for me. This yeah, game. I think he he's got a little bit of that World Cup hangover. He Which does. is something I, I didn't really account for at the start of the year. I thought he was going to carry his World Cup. There's a lot of players who've got that into the season, but he has started a little bit slower. But he's 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 their most important meter eating forward. He him is. and him and Liu, they're the two guys that can really march him up the field. And before we move on, I just want to say, pretty impressed by Jesse Ramian. I really like yeah. him, eh? Pretty impressed. Being a young player coming through the recent 20 system and being able to defend already is already like, well, we've got something to work with here. We know if yeah. he's on the field, it's not going to cost us anything. But already good with the ball in hand, and too. And he, he made the error for the... all over the trail. Yeah, all he, over him. He made, that, he made the error for the... Was it the Tedesco intercept? And then he chased Tedesco down? Oh, I'm not certain, mate. Anyway, anyway, but like, if he's got enough toe, and game. as you're saying, he can defend... Took then... the trail one-on-one many a time, then got around trail easily. He, he was great. And I think, you know, Sharks lost him. He's one of those guys that manly lost to the Sharks and give him a shot. Sharks weren't giving him a shot either. Lost him to the Knights now. One of those guys, I think they're going to regret it. Like, I think he's going to play the rest of the year in first grade. He looks great. Mm. Honest question, who would you guys rather have as your right centre, him or Dugan? 
Oh mate, it's it's really quickly to say it, but I'd say Ramian because he looks like yeah. it looks like a centre, mate. He, yeah, he, he, he does. Did, he didn't get injured De- in this game. Defended, too. <laughs> yeah, defended one on one, and then beat his man one on one. Those are like the two things you want from a centre, right? Real yeah. basic, and there's not many great ones going around right now. What's his ball returning like though? <laughs> yeah, and what's his rep? You know, how many how many meters? How many meters? How many rep jerseys have you been handed? How many rep that, jerseys that have you cr- been handed? That whole Cronulla backline is still so weird to me. It's so wonky. Well, I, I just feel like um, so Flanagan's plan over the whole off season was Dugan three, Holmes one, Moylan six, and then he's just shuffled the deck like three or four times yeah. already. Mm. You know what I mean? I, 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 he definitely have something that he's working towards, but it's just hard to see it at the moment because everything's moving. Everything's just moving around so much. What did you think of Moylan's? Positional change. Look, I think Moylan, it wasn't. It wasn't I think, terrible. I think Moylan is a better fullback than he is a five eight, and I think the Sharks have the players that they can have on the wing that can mitigate some of Moylan's weaknesses as a kick returner. Yeah, yeah. you know what I mean. Someone like Val Holmes and Fecky as well. Fecky's a very good kick returner as well. Yeah. But I also think that he, he, Moylan he just makes so many goddamn errors. Yeah, he does. He you know what I mean? Mistakes. Like like sloppy ones as well, where he, he where there'll be a quick play the ball. And he'll try to get on the front foot because he always loves playing off a quick play the ball and something will just get sloppy. Like he'll throw a pass on the ground or he'll overrun it and drop the ball. You know, that happened three or four times in this game. And for someone that they've really brought in to carry a lot of their attack, you just can't be having that. Yeah. And at the start of the game, Brandy Alexander, there's a couple of runs that um, Moylan had that he almost got away. Yeah. And Brandy kept emphasizing the almost. Yeah. And that whole sentence defines Matt Moylan's career for me. He, oh, he got in a quick play of the ball. He got the ball. Oh, so almost, almost so close. Yeah. Oh, so close. Oh, more yeah, than almost missed it. Yeah, and now he's twenty-seven or whatever, and yeah, almost done that. Almost a five-eight. Almost a great fullback. I mean, they paid money for this guy. He's supposed to go there and perform as a five-eight. Nothing yet, really. I know it's only five games. Mm. Well, he's only played three of them. He's zero and three, and just looks like the same old player. As I tell always. you, I, I feel like if if he was in the right environment with the right players in the spine with him, he could be extremely effective. But he's never really had that chance. Do you feel that's also because he's constantly expected to be main man number one? I I think there's an element of that. You know, I I don't think that he is the kind of playmaker that can carry you from week to week to week. Mm. I think he would need the right sort of complementary halves mm. and maybe the right sort of complementary hooker as well because he likes playing off him so much. But I just don't think he has him at the moment. Well, they haven't got those players. No. Chad Townsend is not that player. Jaden Braley, nice young player, not that guy. And then the fullback, whoever it is, be it Dugan or yeah. Hines. We've already it's seen so enough years to know Dugan's not creating anything. No. Anyway, just the... creating trouble. Let's go to the next game. Alrighty, do we have to discuss this? <laughs> we, yeah, we our, uh, our, Your team won. What are you talking about? I know, about? but I, 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 I didn't expect to be bantering you off this one, did I? Oh, uh, yeah, true. <laughs> Actually, this is why Bungard's not showing up, isn't it? Should, yeah, we, it should, is. we, call, should we get him on the blower Dialing just in. to, just to he's drop pr- some takes? Hang on, we'll just listen to his, his takes. Well, that's it. I'll feel it, I'll feel it, I'll feel it. St. George Illawarra 16. They just weren't that bad. I feel like they deserve to win this game. They got so... <laughs> they, they, like Matt Moylan, almost just don't so close. I just don't understand. They dropped the ball a lot. <laughs> yeah. Burgess boys were great. Um, so, yeah, South did get close, though. Cody Walker had that, that 10 minutes there. I really thought Possibly we on were going to lose. I, <laughs> I really thought we were going to throw this away, I'll be honest. Yeah. The Fords, everybody, it's not just the Fords, everyone looked gassed. Like completely stuffed, like they've been running, you know, like that run for four games before this. Yeah, but it's a positive to me. People are going, "Oh, the Dragons are shit. They're not that good of a team, actually, in this game, whatever." But to me, again, great teams win these games. Yeah, 
They're 5-0. They didn't play that particularly well. And yeah, they got close in the end, but they controlled the game for 75 minutes anyway. And the thing is, they could have easily won this game by 20 points because yeah. there was the two Nene and McDonald tries disallowed. Take one, one, take through, on one through a contentious refereeing decision and one that he should have just put that down. Mm. And there were a number of other times where they came very, very close to scoring. It was just a tiny little error in execution or it was really good scramble defence from Souths that they're not going to see every single week. You know, so while Souths did come back very, very strongly and, you know, I'm a, I don't want to channel Bungar, but I think Souths were rather brave and like sort of just, <laughs> so brave. Victory just, hung, just, they just sort of hung in there and gave a lot of effort and, mm. and, and didn't go away. But I don't think this this was a true measure of the football team saying to be coming. No. And I mean, if you get away with an average Hunt and Widdop game and win, you're pretty stoked. Because those two guys, when they're off their game, they can kill your footy side sometimes. And they're just, you know, out of... They're guys that like to try things. And when they're not not working, you know, Hunt can go into his shell, so he can win it. But they were both, you know, they won without those guys playing well. One thing I really did like, though, was for the Dufty try, that as soon as the ball hit the ground and there was a little bit of a chance, Dufty was just screaming up looking for it. Mm, Attacking off turnovers like that. You know, what I mean that that's the sort of that's the sort of footy that, that I really love seeing. You know, because as soon as Dufty gets half a chance and a little bit of space, he'll he's, just go. Yeah, he's he's uh, he he was good. Yeah, it's good Dufty. And, I like. And as always, your boy JDB was was exceptional. Yeah, he's Mate, excellent it's, again. It's great having like twelve halves out there. Let's be honest. Uh, <laughs> Tarek Sims killed a man. Uh, Freddie Frontrunner, another he's doing great performance. Almost every week now, though, eh? Yeah, I can't. Let Twenty eleven Tarek Sims. He's, he's back. bodying people. Let's be real. I mean, taking him seven years to get over that broken leg. <laughs> the, sh- the shots weren't, you know, particularly ethical. But mm, well, South. Uh, <laughs> do we want to move on? I yes, do. Yes. Alrighty. Uh, Saturday afternoon. Over in the land of the long white cloud at Mount Smart Stadium, West Tigers eleven, Melbourne Storm taking another L. 10. Is this is this where I announce this podcast is rebranding as an SR Masters <laughs> fan podcast? <laughs> it is the we're SR Master Stroke. Welcome this week. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, so, look, I didn't necessarily see this coming, but I think I may have tipped the Tigers this week. I, I wanted to. I wasn't brave enough. No. I wasn't yeah. man enough. I didn't. You weren't tr- brave I didn't like trust, the Tigers. I didn't trust myself like the Tigers trust each other. No, you know what I'm not. saying. I did not have that faith. Wow. I feel like so. I think you can really tell the sort of team that the Tigers are turning into from their two games against Melbourne. That first one against Melbourne, they were on the ropes nearly the entire goddamn time, just hanging on, hanging on, hanging on, and then yep. getting one late. This time, they looked much more comfortable competing with Melbourne, mm. set for set in the middle of the field, going to and fro. And when it got to the last 10 minutes, just based on how the game had gone, I was confident that, that the Tigers were going to get it done. Yeah. I, re- I, I really was. Like, you could feel that vibe, you know? It was the same kind of vibe, I guess, as the, the Brisbane game, apart from the obvious. Um, they kind of just, when they needed to hit a field goal, they, they marched down and they, you feel like they're getting themselves in position to win games as opposed to having to feel like they need to cross late on, if you get me. Yeah. They, they feel like they can, I don't know whether it's a self-belief thing or whether it's a cattle thing, but they feel like they can control the game it, to get I down I think there. it is a self-belief thing. And this will sound like some, some feel-gold wisdom, but they believe they can win these games yeah. now. Well, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they have the confidence. They've got the reps. They're like, you know, if, if we get down in the last 10 minutes, we know we can do it because we've done it this year already. Well, yeah, know? teams who don't believe will throw the ball around and make stupid mistakes and get stuck in their own end at some yep. point, right? Chasing that game. But that, that they believe in, in themselves. And, you know, the good thing with them, with their forwards now, it's not just, you know, even though Packer and Madalino are the guys, everyone would be thinking they'd be the guys. Not just them. Like, Josh Allier was, to me, the best prop of the, of the round. He was excellent, Ex- yeah. Excellent on the, in this game and, and really bossed that storm pack when he came on the field. Like, that's, you know, that's just someone else who's been pretty maligned in the past and they didn't know what to do with him for years. Was he an edge? Was he a prop? 
Well, he came in in this game and just blew it open to me. He was great. And the Storm was struggling. I mean, it, this, the struggles are obvious. Brody Croft not playing particularly well. Cam Munster not playing particularly well without a halfback alongside him who's dominating. And, you know, they get into the 20 and Cam Smith can only do so much. Or they get the feel Cam Smith can't, can't do everything. You know, and in this game, I see myself wanting, see myself wanting Kansas to do more. But what am I expecting him to do? Yeah, he can't I, I, pass I, to himself. Yeah, and stuff like Billy Slater's really trying to take more of a playmaking role, but in trying to become more of a distributor, he's sort of put his running game away a little bit. Yeah. But part of what makes him such an effective distributor is that guys are so concerned about his running game. Mm. You know what I mean? In hindsight, I think people who are expecting Melbourne to just, oh yeah, Brody Croft, he's the next Cooper Cronk, and they'll just roll on, kill everyone again. It's all going to be great. You know, Kronk has been an essential core of that team for over a decade. You know, you take him out and it'll t- it, it'll take time. Like, of course it'll take time. Well, I thought Croft would be good. I didn't think he'd be the great. We've had the discussions. I thought he'd be good. Yeah. But there was things last year where we heard chat, like before they re-signed him, before he had those good first grade games, the, the Storm weren't exactly in love with him. As for this year, as their seven option. That he had those few games, they re-signed him. And then even pre-season this year, Bellamy was talking about Croft might not play all year, even if he's playing well, you yeah. know? And people will call him Bellamy insane. But yeah, there's clear, you know, in the end, he's a 20-year-old. and Yeah, he's a 20-year-old with, with 10 games to his name. And you know, the, he's going to have these struggles. They all do. And yeah, and obviously Bellamy knows him better than we do. He probably knew he couldn't handle the full 24 games. And he's gone away next week. Who knows how long for But Riley Jacks has come back in, who to me is not a particularly talented player, but at least he'll go to the line. He goes yeah. to the line a lot more. Brody looked like he, he was... Shy on the field to me. Looks what he looks like. He had one of the worst games I've seen a half having a while on the weekend, you know, and hiding on the blind side a lot and just doesn't want the ball. There's a few times he just chucked it back inside. Yeah. Just hoped someone else would be there. Didn't even look who he was chucking it to. And when they were jamming up on him, you've got to take the hits at some point. They were jamming mm. him and he, just, and he was just throwing the ball away yeah. and getting smacked. It's the, Melbourne aren't the kind of team where you can just throw it to somebody and try and run around the other team. I know that they've got Adokar and <clears throat> Vunavalu there, but. You can't. They're not an ad lib team, I guess. They have to play to structure, and if they're not going to play to structure, and you're going to hide like that, then I, don't, I, don't, I think I disagree with that. I think they can play ad lib, just it's not working. You know, it's one of those things. When they won the comp back in 2012, when they remodeled after the salary cap stuff in 2010, yeah. I think they were what you're saying. Yeah. Though. Mm. I think they were very dependent on their structures, and they couldn't play outside of them. And then when they played the Dogs in that 14 semi final, they hosted the Dogs. And got absolutely smashed. The dogs just rampaged over the top of them, beat them by about thirty points. And then after that, they sort of remodeled. They started getting a little bit more expansive and it played a little bit more ad lib with each year. Mm. And then it sort of peaked last year when they were the, to my eyes, probably the best or one of the best, if not the best, attacking teams in NRL history. Like they were incredible to watch. Yeah. Their first try in the grand final came from an offload from a kick return that mm. went the length of the field. You know, yeah. and I think it wouldn't surprise me if they go back now. They revert back to that team they were a little bit, and they keep it. In, they keep it in the middle, and they rely on their defence, and they just grind you down, and they grind you down, and they grind you down, and they rely on that great forward pack they've got more than relying on their spine, than like they like like mm. they have over the last couple of years. Yep. Interesting. Anything else to add to this game? No, no just I love Essan Masters. Yeah, I don't oh, care who one, knows one, it. Eh? One thing to add, like I don't want to wins, wins, wins about about the referees, but. I, if we're going to crack down on things, I I hate that SL Master thing wasn't a symbian. I mean, you know, it's a professional foul to me. This is a strange direction for the SR Masters fan it is. podcast to go into. <laughs> it is. Oh, criticizing well, the man. If you're him, why would you not do it? It costs, like, in the end, he cost his team two points instead of six. And then they got down, the, and then from luck from the kickoff, Brody Croft having a, the weirdest brain snap you'll ever see. From the kickoff, they got the ball back and scored. 
But, you know, in the end, he did that and it cost him two. Was that he the should weird, be off the field. Was that the weirdest brain snap you'll ever see? Yes. Considering this was game? Was it the weirdest brain snap of the weekend? Was it the weirdest brain no, snap was. in this match? Bro- Brody Croft's... Yeah, I'd say Brody Croft's yeah, kickoff true, was. True. Like, mm. he he was still sitting on a dead ball line. Thought he was or something. Who knows? But the ball was coming in his direction and he was like already was like, uh, like had a panic attack <laughs> before it got there. He knew he was dropping... Like, he knew he was missing it before it got there. It was, kind was, of, it was some kind of like out-of-body experience. Was, yeah. Like he had sleep paralysis and yeah. he, could fe- he could hear everything happening but his limbs weren't working. He was trying to wake everybody up, but the ball just hit him. Anyway. Just before we move on, big shout-out to Chris Lawrence, who I thought had his best game as a second row on the weekend. West Tigers' all-time leading try scorer now? He is. Yeah. He is. He is, a, great he is a, a goddamn hero. Well, it doesn't, it doesn't hurt that Luke Brooks is playing the best foot he's played in a long time. True. That's playing, true. And running Brooks, and playing direct as Yeah, well. Brooks loves that, that flat pass of the second row so much. That is his favourite play in the but world. But when he's running himself now, it works. Yeah. He used to just throw it all the time when he was drifting sideways. But when you go straight, Luke, and, and then you have other options yeah. moving around you, it works. I'm loving the Luke Brooks comeback. So am I. It's been a time coming. Uh, moving on, Warriors 22, North Queensland 12. That was the second game of the doubleheader. Uh, the Fuss. The this is, this is where This is where me and Mitch announced that we're moving to New Zealand. <laughs> <laughs> it's been fun. It's close. We're very close. We're talking about it. I'm definitely going to go there for a game this year. Where did all those later. fans come from? Mate, fans, look, lo- fans love winners. Fans love winners. Fans, been fans love winners, man. Our, our, our man on the ground, well, female on the ground, and, and Annette over there is telling us like last week, like even three days before the game, there's like Warriors jerseys everywhere. Well, People I mean, she, she had told most of the foreigners who had come over that they were all Blacks jerseys, so, you That's know. That's good. Who know, what do they know? But whatever, they're jerseys. Your words. Put them on. <laughs> That's it. Uh, like, do, you um, guys, do you guys believe in the Warriors? Mate, I always believe I know, in the I know you and me, we always believe in them. Do you believe in them, though? They're different now, man. Do you, do, you, do, you, do you think this changes for real? I do, because mm. um, they, I know the Cowboys' attack has some ways to go at the moment, but they were on their goal line again a lot of this game, and they're just not cracking. Like, the Warriors team could always score points, but this is the first time they've out of defend in a long time, and I, I believe, at least. And they're getting stuff out of guys who you haven't got it out of in the past. You know, Tom Mannering came back this game, yeah, but Bunty Ufoa was good again. Like, the other guys, Lavaha Pulu, good. Dude, Ken Malmalo, your, one of your sworn enemies. Great game. Was excellent. Mm. It's like he's he's realised, oh, wait, I'm six foot eight, yeah. and I'm 120 kilos, <laughs> and I, I can run like blokes, buggery. Yeah. Like, Just hold the ball. Yeah, and That's Bunty's it. the same. It's like someone sat down and shown Bunty a photo of himself, and he realised, <laughs> oh, my God, I'm a giant? Yeah. <laughs> this is great. Nobody this is going to make my job so much yeah, easier. Yeah, they're, they're super. I don't know what Stephen Kearney's done in the off season, but he has worked absolute wonders. The, the whole, the whole lot of them look like different players. Maybe he's really like Luke's really mind coach in. He's like, I was like Luke's round the clock like, like five years. He is. Yeah. He's he's been fabulous, and yeah, I I love watching him play. I hope this is surreal because if the punters come out to Mount Smart all season and they throw on the black jerseys to get the blackout going, mm. that's that's something great for rugby league. Mm. you know. And we haven't had that for a long, long time. But yeah, the belief they have in themselves, like they're throwing guys on like Jazz Tavunga, who's an absolute midget, just as a, a bench prop. Yeah. Just playing prop and playing well. Whatever. It's, it's very different to previous Warriors side, you see, to them being big and physical and whatever. They're still physical, but it ain't size. It's still speed, strength, and just, it's just different to what you expect from the Warriors. You know, mm. you look at the pack on paper, and you're not scared of any of them. I think it was Sam yeah. Burgess that was on one of the Fox footy shows during the week, and he was talking about Alex Corvo, who the Warriors have brought over as their conditioner. And he said the main thing with Alex Corvo isn't physical fitness, because everyone in the NRL is fit. Yeah. It's yeah. about mental toughness, and he, he has ways of instilling mental toughness in teams that other guys just don't have. You know, and... That's the way they're playing at the moment. 
Yeah, well, you, you know? can see the, the, the loss of him at the Broncos and the gain of him at the Warriors currently. It looks evident, you know? The Broncos also look unfit in general, let alone, you know, just, just feels of fit, fickle fitness. But is, there's a difference is, there. Is that part of the Warriors 30 for 30 or whatever it is? Yeah, it is. He's Corvo's, he's in the first episode is pretty much Alex Corvo episode of the, of the two episodes. Well, but yeah, good. this is one of those games that, you know, the, the, the negatives of the Cowboys as well have been really highlighted. What we've been talking yeah, about for a while. Yeah, yeah, and stuff like, you know, the Cowboys, when their rise to prominence was on the back of a really terrific forward pack and a really terrific spine. And when you have those two things, it kind of, it can carry outside backs that just sort of do a job for you. But once that forward pack isn't as dominant, and they're not at the moment, and once that spine isn't clicking like it was, and it's not at the moment, those uh, deficiencies really get shown up. It's, like, it's, you saw, you guys saw the, the Mal Marlowe try, mm-hmm. where Carter just busted through from 60 out. I can't remember the last time the Cowboys scored a try like that. Any player that wasn't Morgan. Yeah, exactly. They, like they have they have real trouble scoring long range tries. They have for a long time, and they have real trouble playing outside of their structures. I think the year they won the comp, they were last in the comp in offloads. Yeah, well, they, you know? when, when they won the comp too, they also scored I think two tries from over halfway the entire season. They won the comp. Yeah, like that is a ridiculous statistic. They just, they just don't score from over halfway, then, yeah. and it doesn't matter when you're playing as well as they were. But now, you, you said, when you're not getting down the field as often, your spine isn't really clicking, you, you can't run your set plays to the same level, you can't break the game open. Yeah. Is, it, is, it the, is it the old adage of you've got to earn the right to play wide as much as you've got uh, to offload the ball a, when you're going a through A little bit. I, I always thought of it like the Cowboys were so good at getting exactly where they wanted to go and then doing exactly what they wanted to do once they got there. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's just gone down just a little bit. Just a little bit, and Thurston's not finished. That's that's that yeah. I think I think all that talks a bit premature. But he's he obviously not playing as well as he has in the past. He's come back injured. He's old. It's harder to recover from injuries when you're older. Hasn't played a lot of footy in a while. And then the team isn't rolling either. You know, yeah. he's not the he can never. Well, he's I'm saying he'll never be that guy from ten years ago. It didn't matter how the team was going. He'd be best on the field. You know, he can't be that guy anymore. He's old. You know, but he is. It, he's thirty four exactly years old. Right. Most guys are retired by now. Exactly mm. right, and and it also doesn't help that you know Michael Morgan's now been asked to step back, and he's underdone a little too, and it just looks like I well, I think that's it. That's probably a bigger part of it than people he wants thinking more ball. Well, he how, why wouldn't he? Why he wouldn't great. he? After they went so well last year, when when you know there's Mick Morgan, you the man now, dog. When he had to sort of slow down a little bit, yeah. It's hard. It's hard to go back to that secondary role. It is. And I know I know their structures are to have Thurston play both sides of the ruck. You've got Morgan plays right, Coot plays left. Teams are on that now, though, eh? So, yeah, teams are on to that. And Coot's playing this week, and I'm sure they'll stick to that. And I know Greeny likes playing out of problems. He like, he's a loyal guy and whatever. But to me, you just should have Morgan playing secondary receiver both sides now. Just get him more ball to him, have him more involved. And Coot can still do Coot things, but Morgan just needs more ball. You know, and he hasn't even been running the ball that much either. That currently, he's just you know, get the hands in the sorry the ball in the hands of your better players more. Get it into his hands, not Jared Bowen's or Justin O'Neill's. You know, one of those guys. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. Pretty, pretty hot take that. And then yeah, they've lost Jordan McLean, so he's going for what well, three months? We had this discussion. Yeah, we did. So That's well, we, me, me and Mitch had spoken a couple of times about how they were using Jordan McLean, so I don't think he'll be a huge loss because. They're using him the way they use all their forwards, which is like right up the goddamn middle, like up the guts of the fucking footy field. Mm. Melbourne didn't use him like that. Melbourne liked to use him two or three passes wide, get him matched up on smaller defenders. Like you match him up on a on a on a half or a centre, or even some of the smaller second rowers. He'll get over the top of him and he'll get you that quick play the ball. He I don't think he has the sort of athleticism, like the the speed over over ten odd meters. 
to punch it up the middle all the time because I don't think it's a coincidence that once Melbourne started using him that way, that's when he started getting into rep teams and that's when he started getting that sort of buzz that he's getting right now. So I think he'll he'll be a loss because he's he's a talented player and they'd plan to have him, but I don't think it's it's a crippling one. Yeah. Alrighty, yeah, moving on, moving on. Anything else to add? No. Alrighty. Uh, so Saturday night, our time in God's country, the Hunter, Newcastle fifteen, Brisbane ten. Mitch, oh, what God. have you got to say for yourself? Um, I'm definitely in a better space than I was on the night. There's issues with this team. I think the the, the three biggest issues I think the team has a fitness, confidence, and their yardage kicking game. And fitness and confidence can be fixed. If in this game, if Milford was fit, they win the football game. It's that simple to me. Like Milford made three line breaks, scored off one of them, but made three line breaks, and the moment he got through the line, was looking for somebody else, and fucked up both of them. The first two, you know. And yeah. if, if it, whilst I think he's in the shape he has to be in to play first grade, he needs to be a Nugget. He's a Nugget now. Mm. He's still not fit. You know, and a lot of the players are like that. Jack Bird's both fat and unfit, and he has no excuse to be fat considering he only had a shoulder injury. Uh, I think Milford's fit. He's not match fit. Yeah, not yeah. match fit. Sorry. Yeah. Then you've got the same issue. Darius Boyd is like that. Nick Arima had surgery as well and was like that. And you have this situation now. The Broncos, again, had more line breaks than the Knights, and they've had the same with a uh, couple of other games this year. They'll break the line, look around, and there's absolutely nobody who's got the legs to get there and support. Yeah. Nobody. Unless the break happens in Jimmy the Jet. We're not going to be like we've got no one to go two and one at the fullback. It's bizarre mm. that um, the fat fitness is part of it, and then confidence as well. That confidence in that team it comes with the fitness, like confidence to back yourself. Milford, if he backed himself the first time around Ponga, he beat him anyway, but didn't want to go around him. Uh, Jimmy the Jet, if he probably tried to go around Ponga and drew him more, Cody probably scores. But there hasn't been that confidence in the team. It, and then it feels like I think I said this last week. It feels like a Park Footy team that's turned up on the first day of the season and expected to play well. Well, they definitely expected to play well again in this game. There's yeah. definitely a bit of arrogance they shouldn't have, I feel, in the team as well. And then when we're down, we just do some stupid shit to try back in a football game. Yeah. It's like, try, to fi- try to fix it by... Lo- love yeah. my boy Pangai. Love my boy Pangai. But in the last 10 minutes, we're actually getting down the field pretty well. Then he puts that chip kick in on the second tackle for Jimmy. <laughs> Boys. Mitch, think, Mitch puts his think, TV out the window at this point. Do you think part of it is, like we spoke about before with the Tigers, the Tigers trust their structures and we'll keep going back to them. Do you think Brisbane have the structures to fall back on? Because those no. guys that you mentioned, like mm. Nicarima and Pangai and Milford and Roberts and Bird, I don't think of those guys as players who thrive in a in a structured, simplified game plan. Like they're just again, this sounds like a, a channel nine commentary cliche. They're they're footballers. Yeah. You know what I mean? They they don't play inside the system, they play whatever they're going to see. Yeah, they play the game that's in front of them as opposed to playing, yeah, you know, it, yeah, exactly. make sure you get to the line and then well, pass to two. Exactly. X. So when they do chase points or when they're mm. chasing a game, it's a little bit like Canberra. They can get so frantic, you yeah. know what I mean? Because the only way they know how to play is the way they play. Yeah, and they did bring Kevy in to be more structured and it wasn't working and they went, they're going away from that. But two games, two days to prepare, it wasn't going to be completely gone. You could see it more. Milford was going just around the field a bit more in this game and, one of his break, two of his breaks, sorry, from dummy half, just getting involved more. But yeah, they're not a team that can fall back on structure. They're not great in structure. Darius Boyd is good in structure. Almost the rest of that back line isn't. Yeah. And there's a, one of the bigger issues too, it hasn't been called out by many people. I think Matt Gillette is currently our worst player in our starting 13. In form, hmm. he's our worst player to me. He, he's supposed to be an Australian representative, supposed to be the, you know, the best defender in the competition, the one of the best back rowers in the comp. But not only is defence fallen to, to the wayside, 
that Nicarima's getting isolated every game. It's supposed to be his job to cover Nicarima. Yeah. But in attack, he's also not straightening on that right edge. And what ends up happening is you get Nico drifting, which is Nicarima's game. He's going to drift. He has to be allowed to drift. That's how he plays. But if Gillett doesn't straighten, Nico keeps drifting, eventually end up shoveling the ball out, and then it ends up with Jimmy the Jet, you know, five metres from the sideline, yeah. already cutting back infield. There's just no, no space being created on that right edge. And the one time Jimmy got space in this game, which is from our own end, he literally skipped outside four players when he had space at the sideline. He ran around four players and got away, and they're just not creating space. Gillett's playing terribly, and the Moose is still putting up numbers, but Maguire's not playing like himself either. I mean, we don't need him being out there to do 15 hit-ups for 150 metres. There's a couple of guys who will make metres in, in the team. Him and Gillett need to be making an impact on defence and not doing it. I feel like we saw that on the when we went to the Wests game and we saw that live. I'm not sure whether it was... Uh, Gillard on that edge, but mm-hmm. he's just constantly going sideways, and then eventually you've got to throw the ball over the sideline. Yeah, it's terrible. You yeah, can't you, you can't expect every time to run at a forty five degree angle, the defense to back off and then throw a miracle inside pass to get through them. Like, yeah, it but, just that's not how it works. But, you know, I was saying, I was saying the other day, I think they're really missing Adam Blair, and because Adam Blair is Adam Blair, he gets maligned a little bit, and people, you know. People no, don't underrate him, but I don't think they fully appreciate the qualities that he brings to a football team. Adam Blair will lock up your middle. Adam Blair will give you good mm-hmm. line speed. Well, and and that, go, that goes a long way. The big thing we're missing with him, though, is you, you mentioned that we've spoken about it ourselves anyway, is that he digs, digs into the line. Yeah, he, he jumps in at first receiver all the time, like and, Elijah Taylor does for the Tigers. Yeah, and him getting that ball out, that 10, 15 minute pass that lands a Milford at first second receiver, he's like, oh, Milford's already outside his man. And he doesn't need you don't need another half there, right? You know, he lets those guys runners do a good job. And whilst Matt Lodge can do that, he's been asked to be a meter eater now. He can he has a bit of a passing game, but he's being a meter eater, so he's not allowed to do that currently. Maguire can't do it because he's, he's blind and he's one blind. Yeah. He can't he can't do it. And yeah. then you know you've got um, Pango who can offload and pass, but again he's been asked to be a meter guy as well. Because the reason why it wouldn't be meter guys. Because he can't kick the fucking ball. <laughs> well, that's, that's a big well, issue that's for been, me. Well, that's been a problem with that Brisbane. That is a problem, yeah. It has ever been. Since, ever since Bennett's return. And lose, and, but Hunt, he's not a great long, long kicker, but he's, he kick it long. He has distance. That's the big difference. He will hit someone on the chest every time, but if it hits them down on the 10-meter line... At least it's getting down there. Yeah, yeah. whereas with uh, currently now, Milford's attacking kicking game has improved out of sight, and he forced a lot of dropouts in this game and looks pretty nifty kicking attack-wise. But it seems Nick Rima is the yardage kicking option. And it looks like someone's kicking the ball for their first time. Like, honestly, wow, there's a weird technique to yeah. it. They never come off clean. And then if we, if we finish a set in our 40, which, you know, isn't that bad. Sometimes it's going to happen. You're going to finish in your own 40. They will start their set at least at their 30 currently. Yeah. And that's it. And all, in this game, all that had to happen for the, for the Knights is if they didn't do, drop any ball once they were ahead, which they didn't do, all they had to do was pin us down our end a little, and that was it. And Pierce hasn't got a particularly great kicking game either. But he kicked along, and then when he got down to end, he kicked into touch. So it was just like, okay, Broncos, you get up there. I wonder if part of that is because mm. there's been so much talk over the preseason about how, yeah, Nicarima, Nicarima's our guy, Nicarima's mm. our halfback. I wonder if giving him that much responsibility as a long kicker is them trying to empower him. Yeah, it's yeah, it might like, be to, to to tell him, you know, this is your this is your team, man. Like you, this is part of what a halfback does. This it, is part of what you're going to do. You know, deliberate tactic because he's getting every single kick from our half, yeah. other than McCulloch. And McCulloch can kick well as well. And I'd like to see him do more of that for the, the distance kicking. But that's the big issue. That's the other big issue for me. And I think fitness and confidence to me will come. It'll just take a couple more weeks. There's a stretch of home games coming in round nine through to round thirteen for the Broncos. So that's pretty handy. But the kicking game, you know, that's not going to be fixed. That's going to be a problem all year. And that's the issue when if we're not making big meters or breaking out of our end. One or two bad sets, 
that's it. You camp down your side. You camp down your side for ten minutes. What's uh, what's Jermaine Asako's long kicking like? He can boot Hefty. the fuck out of the ball. Hefty. Is, he can boot the. Is, uh, but is the problem that you've got somebody who can kick up to thirty meters, and then somebody who can only kick on under like over a hundred? <laughs> yeah. So is that uh, the problem? I don't know if you can bring a winger in, but maybe that's well. I, I, as well. I think you'd I think you'd struggle because as soon as the winger comes in field. The defence knows it's going to him. Also, yeah. who's chasing the and kicks? Exactly, who's yeah. chasing the kicks? Good point. Can he yeah. keep it to himself? So, of, so when it comes to Canberra, on a 1 to 10 scale of panic, I'm like an 8 on a good day mm. yeah. and a 10 on a bad day. Mitch doesn't panic a lot about the Broncos, but where are you at at the moment? Yeah, you know I'm pretty level-headed with most of that stuff, which is... I think it's just the faith I've had in Wayne, which could be misguided these days, but I don't think it is. And I'm still only at like a 3 or a 4. I'm certainly, you know, at the start of the season, I was, still, I was still at zero, despite knowing I didn't want Nick Arima as my halfback. I was still at a zero, but yeah. I'm still at a three or a four. There's a couple of things that are issues. Jack Bird being fat is a, is a big issue for Man, me. Man, he, he makes me feel good about myself. Yeah, well, It makes like, me feel like there's hope. You know, Campo had said it before when, to me, and I'd said it on the, that one of our first balls of this year, that I expected him to be the consensus worst signing of the season by mid-year because he was going to come in underdone and he was overweight. Mm. Doesn't mean I don't think he'd be a good signing for, for the long run for the Broncos, but like... Coming in this underdone and just, I don't know, he doesn't get involved. He's supposed to be, he wants to put the ball in his hands more and he's not doing that, you know? He's, well, he's, I, I don't think they can expect him to while he's at centre because he's just never done that. He's never been a centre with a great work rate or anything he like hasn't. that. He hasn't. Yeah, and I, it's, it's weird that I've got to the point that I feel sorry for James Roberts because I should never feel sorry for James Roberts. He's, he's fucked up like 10 times in his life. He's yeah. lucky to be playing football still, whatever. But <laughs> see him out there. Slogging his guts out and getting terrible ball. I feel for him. That's it. Anyway, let's talk about the Knights for a second. Yeah, I did want to get under that. Credit to them. The edge defense was pretty bad still, but they they, they, they the scrambled. Knights, pretty, the right. Knights at home are going to be yeah. a tough out all season. Like they, well, they, they didn't because block. that crowd gets behind them and they just start playing. They just start playing harder. And like I'm, I'm with you. I didn't think they were particularly refined with their play on Saturday night. I didn't think. There were great technical improvements yep. from the losses to the Roosters or the Dragons. They were just going harder. They went hard. They were just going harder. And it might be tough for this team to learn how to play away from home because, you know, it, it would be such a such a difference playing before 20,000 screaming Novocastrians to, you know, 10,000 Roosters idiots. But that's something they're going to have to overcome. 10, that, is, ki- ten is kind. <laughs> yeah. Well, exactly. I mean, Officially that- 10. They, they, they played well, and they didn't get, they didn't give the game away, which is all they, to, all they were asked to do in this game, is defend solidly. There were still ed, gaps on the edges, but they scrambled all right and didn't give it up or give it away. Didn't give away any dumb penalties or make any stupid mistakes in that game at the back end when, when they could have. And yeah, that's it. That's credit to them in that regard. Don't, don't, feel, like they, don't feel like they just threw the ball to Ponger and, and said, please, oh, look, please there's help. A, there's, that's a, a there's a, there's a fair yeah. bit There's a fair bit of that going on. Um, Ponger... <laughs> to be to be serious, like throwing the ball to him and asking him to do stuff, it's not the worst strategy. It's not the I've worst. Seen, I've seen worse ones. Ponga had a good game. Ponga didn't have the blinder lights out, oh my God, he's the next Lockyer game that some people are talking about. Like I'm a big Kalen Ponga yeah, fan same. and I love how he's energised that team and that fan base. But he's getting to the point now, like you guys remember what it used to be like on Channel 9 with Sonny Bill and Burgess? Yeah. You know, it'd be things like they'd, yes. be, they'd be standing on the blind side and their team would go to the open side and score, and someone would say, put that down to Burgess, drawing him with his presence. Well, this happens with Ponga On the blind side, you know what I mean? And like, I don't, I don't want the hype machine to consume Ponga. 
and and make fans turn You're on right him though. in that way. He, you he, know, he's a lock for Dallium top five, oh, possibly easy. top three, easy. and he's getting the Aaron Woods one points every week. Every time they lose, he's getting one point. Well, it doesn't it doesn't help like Danny Bedirus? I love Danny Bedirus. Let me preface that by I've. My Danny Badiris, his 2004 season is one of the greatest seasons I've ever seen of anyone in my entire life. Danny Badiris really, really loves the Knights, and that's great. But if he's on a Knights game, all he's doing is talking about Ponga. Yeah. And talking about Ponga and how good he is and, you know, how he's changed the club and all that. And that's all great stuff. But there will come a point where that reaches critical mass and that causes a a Ponga backlash. You know what I mean? Like that's coming. We could reach peak Ponga. We mate, we could. No one, no one escapes the backlash. No one. Exactly right. They don't. That's it's Australia. That's what we do. Yeah. We rip you down if you go up. That's mm. it. We tear you down. Moving on. Yep. Alrighty. The possibly the game of the round. This one. Uh, Paramount. No. Gold Coast thirty-two. Manly Warringah twenty at Marley Brown Oval in Gladstone. Um, my favourite venue of the season already. Any ground, any ground that has a Bunnings and a Dan Murphy's and a I league club with a, a with with a broken window, I'm it, about. It, my plan would definitely have been to have gone and got a, a Bunnings snag and a six pack of Woodies because you're yep. glad so you got to drink something. And gross, you can right? get a, you can get, a, a get a camp chair at Bunnings. Chair, yeah. you could, I mean, you Amazing. you may be you may have been able to sit on the pitch at this venue. Can we put a Bunnings into ANZ? We're ready to develop it. Just do it. To be what fair, there's once they move those stands in, there will be enough space. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? So, so, something small like Ashfield or. The old Rose Bay store. This is a great game. I, I thoroughly enjoyed watching this. As I said, Gold Coast 32. They ran, ran away with it in the end. Um, Daily Cherry Evans was Manly's only good player. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, I tell you, the change that the Titans made having that James Wallace arrow middle has completely changed it, the trajectory of their it's season. It's almost like it, has, it, it has should have happened them the whole time. They, they, will, <laughs> they will win the middle battle most weeks. Yeah, yeah they, they will. will. Those guys, good in defence and with the ball in hand, all hit hard. It's just what it will be. And Jai Arrow, I'm so happy for him. Yeah, I'm a Broncos fan, happy for him. I'm not bitter we lost him. He was going. There was no role for him at the Broncos. I'm happy for him. And I said to you, round two, I thought he might play for Queensland. I'm getting pretty certain he's going to play for Queensland this year. I think he might as well. I think he's, going to, mm. he's been great. And he got two tries in this game, but that's not where his involvement came from hitting hard again, driving that line speed and playing a bit like none of this, you know, I'll move the shift the ball around and lock bullshit. Yeah, Brian James can do that. He's just the up the guts, hitting you yeah. hard. Carrying defenders Carrying for a couple defenders, of metres. Good post contact. and just Really energy, impressive. Energy the entire time. He's so fit. Energy yeah. the entire time he's on the field. All three of their starting middles are so fit. Yeah. And Wallace, once James you've, once and, and Yeah, they can all play big minutes. Like They can yeah. all play 60 plus without many worries. And then once you've got a platform like that and you've got someone as talented as Ash Taylor working mm-hmm. off that, like, he doesn't need great players around him to score points. No. You know, but having said that, I think Kane Elgy is putting together some of the better footy that he's had since his knee injury. Oh, yeah. I mean, Let's try that. My apologies. Uh, after the abomination that was the Dragons game that saw him make 700,000 errors. Uh, he has, you know, come to life as a rugby league player, and that's impressive because that, there, there was only one way up, yeah, and that was up. And I think he, that, he that, can that, only sort get of, from that. that sort of shocked Brennan, Garth Brennan into making the changes that he needed mm. to make. I think he realised that Cartwright at lock wasn't tenable anymore. Latu's not my guy. And Latu, Latu you know, has his role in a first-grade team, but he can't be... The guy that they thought, well, he, right now he can't be the guy that they thought he was going to be. Well, no, 
they had better, like Morgan Boyle and Max King are more talented than him. And they run harder and, they, and they, they, that's it. They're better players. I wonder if, as you were saying about the fact that they're just hitting harder up the guts, they were, they were so roundly beaten in the forward battle by that, that Dragons pack. And the one thing that we came on here and said was that they were hitting people like sledgehammers. Maybe Garth Brenner went, maybe my guys need to do that. Yeah. And we need to hit people well, really hard. This year, the teams that play set structured football are not doing well. No. But there's another trend. The teams who are smacking you in defense yeah. are doing well. Mm. The, the, team, the teams that are just like bringing the hammers. That's yeah. it. And fucking hitting people. Yeah, and that's the Warriors have been doing it. The Dragons yeah. are doing it. The Titans did it the last couple of weeks. Uh, and the Knights did it when they beat the Broncos. Even, we've, for example. we've had a lot of like technical rugby league talk on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes rugby as... league comes down to just hitting people. Yeah. Like you sim- just hit the shit out of people for 80 minutes. That'll usually simple, that'll usually put you in pretty good state. Simple game made difficult. We, we've said that before. Exactly. Just, and that's what they're doing there. And actually, you know, Philip Sami, they've kind of found a pretty talented outside back too, waiting for a while for someone to come through. Mm. And they've got Connie who's committed as... Com- Connie chasing every single breakaway ever is the best thing ever. Will, <laughs> sim- will Philip Sami play for Queensland? At some point. Probably. This season? Not this year, no. This, this week? No. This week. <laughs> Yeah, because that was an awful take. Jesus, that was... Bron- he did a kick. Yeah. He gets an origin uh, who said? Who said that? Who said someone, that? Someone. Someone. Uh, uh, I'm going to leave no, it at that. Billy Moore? It was Billy Moore. Billy well Moore, done. Yeah. There you go. It was, it was during the game last week. Yeah, Why did I listen to that? And I mean, obviously Manly missed Tom a lot, but who knew when Tom left, Jake went as well, the body fraud. Well, mate, he doesn't have anybody <laughs> to pass I him was, the ball. I was really surprised at how thoroughly Manly's forwards were dominated. Yeah. Like, I... I would have expected the Titans to give a very good account of themselves with those three that they have. But for Newell Blake to power Trebojevic, like that's not three chumps. It's that's not. three really good footy players. I was surprised, not the ease, but probably the dominance yeah. that the Titans were able to get going. And Manly, it might just be a thing. They might just be one of those teams that's great at home and terrible on the road. Yeah, I think so. You know? But uh, yeah, and with... um. With DCF, Dalman said a good game. I thought that too, but I also thought he does it sometimes as well in the back end of games. And I actually messaged Campo when it happened. It was like back end of the game, Lock and Croker had gone off the field after he played the ball the yeah, wrong oh, way. Oh, that's best to drop. Oh well, we will do it later. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Lock and Croker went off the field. Um, DC at one point they're down six or down four. I can't remember. They're over halfway. Last tackle. DC runs across the field, gets in a dummy half, and you think, here we go. Here's He's his gone. chance to do something. Oh dear. No, uh, gives it to Coruscant. Shoulder to Coruscant. Coruscant kicked it dead. From that ensuing set, the Titans marched up the field, ended up scoring through yep. Tony Don. And that was mm. it. And that put them up by six, and that was, and was that was the buffer they needed. Like that was the that was the break. Yeah. And the flip side of that, for example, or someone else who's done something different, Milford's having a, a pretty a down season. I right? had a good game on the weekend, but same situation. Like ten minutes to go, team are down. Needs need someone to score. Goes in dummy half, and what does he do? I'm going to do something. Yeah. Mm. The big players have got to do that, and Milford hasn't had a great year, but that's it. In those moments, ECA's got to, like, I'll pick the ball up. I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm, I'm doing I'm it. I'm doing it. I'm yeah, the guy. I'm Tom's not here. I'm the guy. Yeah, exactly. And that that's, that. like, you know, if you've got the hefty contract, if you've got the captaincy, that's what you've got to do. I, you've, got I, to, you've got to own those moments. And if he buggered it up, if he if he kicked it halfway into the Bunnings car park, if he'd hit it so hard it landed in the Dan Murphy's cool room, oh, okay, that happens, but at least he did it. Yeah. At least he decided, you know. Pimps in the crib, ma. Drop it like it's hot. Drop it like it's hot. Drop it like it's hot. Many contenders this week. N- needless to say, it was a rich field. A rich field. <laughs> a rich field. I was going to play it three times, but I decided that we're going to be obnoxious. So the other two contenders... <laughs> that would suit us perfectly. Brody Croft, 
Sean Kenny Dow off that ki- oh, Sean Kenny Dow that's a classic SKD the, the most SKD moment of ever yeah. but the winner yeah you haven't seen this in a long time Lachlan Croker playing the ball the wrong way and then getting pulled <laughs> oh. <laughs> all about it what was he doing <laughs> Are we are you know we sure what? this this was the result of a head injury? Surely. <laughs> well, I think it's got to be that. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. He kind of got turned around when he was on the ground. But surely you've got eyes up a little it bit. Wasn't or and also, they're wearing like, different coloured yeah, socks for Christ's yeah, sake. He's looking at his teammate. <laughs> oh. <laughs> hang on, that's wait, not hang on. He's meant to be. Uh, wait, what's happening? It's one. Yeah. Of, it's one of those things. It's going to get replayed for a thousand years. We were discussing it. We were yeah. discussing it at work um, while it was happening. <laughs> Harry turns to me and says, how do, I, how do I describe that? He played the ball forwards. I was like, well, played the ball incorrectly? He said, yeah, but it was textbook. It was just the wrong way. Anyway, good, good luck to him. Hope he is not playing this week because he <laughs> cl- cl- clearly needs a little bit of time off with that, uh, with that head injury. Um, do we do we have any other news? Any no, other no, drop what, drops what? at like it's hunts? No, no, we've got another no, game Josh, though. No, Josh Adokar, you didn't want to give him any nah, love as well. Nah, no, 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 no even a nomination. Adokar was pretty bad. Was a, that was a Ferguson moment. The old Adokar, very much so. He had a. It was a it was a Hain Origin one oh seven moment. Yeah, mm. it was. Yeah, yeah. That's one. Well, you could do that Origin one twenty eighteen moment for Adokar. Don't say that. Dreadful. That's why we got a big Fergo. He's safe. Please don't. Parramatta 6, Penrith 12 at the Olympic Stadium on Sunday. <sighs> Parramatta. Who would be a Parramatta fan that this, we know specifically? There is no way to, sound, to say this without sounding condescending, but I thought Parramatta really tried hard. I know. Yeah, they, they, really, they got lots of trier. Yeah, they really put everything they had into this game. And sometimes sometimes when you're losing, things just don't work. Yeah. Like the execution just isn't there. The passes don't stick. The players don't have the confidence. But it wasn't through a lack of work. It wasn't through a lack of effort. They really put themselves out there it in did. this one. And then you can see it like they believe in each other still, even though they're, they're failing. They, they want, they, they're a team. And yeah. Nathan Brown put that hit on, for example, and you thought maybe this is the moment that they change That, that it turns game. for them, mm. but it, it just... They're in the 20, their attack is like just terrible. And there's so many times, actually in up in situations, they should have definitely scored from. And they've just found ways to drop it. And I think the Broncos have the same thing currently with self-belief at least. They just drop the ball somehow. They have a half break or a line break or a two-on-one and they just drop the ball. And, and Moses mentioned that in the post-match interview. He was just like, we cannot keep making these mistakes and expect to win footy games. Like, how many, They would have made a dozen errors at least and yeah. half of them would have just been like, get the, the ball, drop it. it. And as you're saying, in the, in the opposition's red zone, you, you cannot do that and expect to win the game. With five or so minutes to go and Manu Ma'u somehow is in the centres or ten minutes ago, whatever, with one-on-one, two-on-one Christian Crichton got his winger. All he has to do is either go himself or draw the winger and pass. But he passes before and he does any any yeah. either of those things and then the winger gets put over the sideline and it's like, boys, you've that was way harder to not score. Like that was way harder to not score. They, Especially someone like Manu Mao, you think you just go, I'm I'm doing this, I want to go hard and straight and yeah. work through this gap. But they're just finding ways to bomb opportunities. And then Penrith are like it's a weird moment for me, but I don't know if I hate Penrith anymore, eh? Like, I, well, we got to get that on the record. Yeah, that's on the record. I don't, just don't know. I've watched these games and I'm not really cheering against them like I was. And I think it's I'm more tied to the, the Moylan hate than I, than I realise, even though I hate Gus and Griffin. But Griffin, I'm dissipating on as well. It's so long ago now. It's getting, it sounds like one of those, you don't know what you've got until it's gone moments. Yeah, but know? it's just like, well, once they started playing hard themselves, like they would have wilted in this game eight, 10 times over last yeah. year themselves. But... That they, you know, guys like Fisher Harris have really stepped up finally, and Kikau is an entertaining player as well. And they're just, yeah, they're, they're not it's a bad like watching ball. On your yeah. wedding day. Well, they've never really slapped anyone in the face the last few years, right? 
Penrith, but now they're doing it every week. They're hitting teams. Well, I, I did think this was a win unlike any win they've had over the last couple of years, yeah. Yeah. where it was very tight and it was in the middle and it was very gritty and very grimy. And they weren't able to like just score their way out of out of trouble. They had to really graft their way out of trouble. And I can't remember the last time they did that against a team that was as physical as Parramatta and were as willing to meet them as Parramatta were. So I think it's a it's a big step forward for Penrith mm. as a football team. You know. And, and the the point that we were making earlier about the Saints is the same kind of thing. Sometimes you have to win ugly. And yeah. and if you can, as you say, if you win a game like this, it'll give them confidence going forward. And confidence is. Gold. And I didn't realise, like, James Harris, Harris always had some talent, right? But I didn't realise he could work this hard. You yeah. Me? In the middle of the field, putting hits on, making a lot of tackles, and, and that middle kind of needed that guy, kind of guy. A lot of ball runners, but no one was working really hard, and he's doing it, and he's yeah, stepped and up really he's well. Yeah, and he's given him a little bit of muscle as well, yeah. like a little bit of a tougher edge, and I think that's probably always been his best role. Like, he, they try, he tries kind of an edge back role for a little bit and then he was yeah. in the middle but he was getting knocked around too much but physically where he is right now he's very important to the way they establish authority in the middle and another guy who I think is like that who I honestly had no raps on whatsoever before this is Moses Leota yeah what's going on there I don't know he's come, he's just turned into a goddamn caveman yeah I just he's coming off the bench just killing people and they haven't had guys like that like they've had guys like Merrin who you know, Merrin isn't going to knock the door down. He's going to pick the lock. That's yeah. the sort of player he is. And Tamo's not going to knock you Tamo's over. not going to do that. Yeah. Either. And now they've got a couple of just, you know, bloodthirsty savages. And I thought Lyoto was in a similar kind of mould who could cut the ball a little bit. Wasn't going to hit anybody harder. Yeah, or but yeah, he's just he's just turned into a real sledgehammer. And yeah, you put some staunch in your pack, and I'm going to like it. And there we go. Talking again about teams. Now this year, you hit somebody, you're winning. It seems to be happening the mm. first five, four or five rounds of the comp. You hit people hard, and you win football games. Happy with the sin bin? Yes. Good. I'm happy with every sin bin, pretty much, when they happen. Yeah, bin them all. I'm all for sin bins. I believe Masters and Ponga, in my opinion, both should have been bin, so I'm happy for this one to be a bin. I mean, it's as obvious as they come, right, to me. Yeah. You know, tap the sin ball. Binning, sin binning Tim Manor, I thought we'd never see the day. <laughs> I, it, when he came off, I said, geez, he looks like he needs a rest. <laughs> uh, I, I'm here for sin bins because I like the graphic they put up on the scoreboard. Uh, alrighty, so that's all the games. Do we want to pick the games for next week? Yeah, well, I know yeah, we just sure. move where we pick the games every week. Keep yeah, you on your toes. You know, gotta keep, gotta you know, variety is the spice of life, and you and I both like spice. So uh, Thursday night in life, uh, life is okay. <laughs> debatable. Some. Uh, Eastern Suburbs versus South Sydney at Moore Park. Give me the Chooks. Yeah, you got to go the Chooks without Burgess, don't you? Uh, yeah. Uh, what do we reckon, by the way? South better without Adam Reynolds. Well, I think that is a theory that could uh, gather some serious that momentum. Will, that will have legs by the end momentum. of the Momentum. You've said we've both knocked Adam Reynolds oh, and mentioned said. momentum. <laughs> That's the, this bungo. is truly yeah, an, click, an we'll, unbungard podcast. If we click our heels together, he'll turn up, surely. Yeah, um, um, yeah, just, yeah, I'm not going to write, write Reynolds off now in terms of the team better without him. I'm not a big fan of Reynolds anymore without, without his kicking, but Dewey just going straight just does one. Just one, does one. His half's going straight. Does. Things happen. Yeah, but yeah, Playing, playing at the line. Yeah. It really, it really does change everything you're about. So I, I'm, I'm with you. I don't want to throw Reynolds out right now, but I do think that if he goes down injured again, and Dewey gets thrust in there, and they start looking a little bit more lively, that'll be it. There could be some tough calls. There could be, and then, um, yeah. But I can't say the winning without Sam, and I think Ken Murray is under injury crowd to pulling up, pulling up with a uh, tough hamstring today. So. Jason Clark, Jason here he Clark, comes. Clark. Yeah. But, yeah. game one fifty. Uh, alrighty, Friday evening at Edwin Flack Field, Melbourne versus Newcastle. 
This should be an easy pick. <laughs> it's not, is it? I think I don't think you can pick Newcastle away from home. No, I, no, think the, I think the Storm are going to run a little bit roughshod over them. To be honest with you. Yeah, well, they've you know they've got all the boys back in town. Mm. They've got Riley Jacks playing and um, Felice Kafusi now back a bit fit, so I'll pick them as well. I'll take Melbourne as well. Uh, Friday night, St George at Lawara versus Cronulla Sutherland at Wollongong Stadium. Give me St George by yeah. thirteen plus. I'm taking I'm taking Saints as well. I think we are a sneaky chance of a um, Flanagan debut in this game, Kyle Flanagan. Yeah, so, interesting. I don't know. I don't know why um, they've also named Dugan and Edric Lee. With Jesse Ramian dropped, but surely I, I I tend to think that uh, two reasons: one, Ramian's leaving at the end, yeah. end of the year, so they don't want to have to play him until they absolutely have to. But, but Ed- yeah. And two, Edric Lee's fucking harsh. So oh, okay. what's up? <laughs> Edric Lee should have left before the season, though. Could have had that, you know. Oh well, <laughs> we could see the first but, uh, uh, throwing of hands on this podcast. Yeah, I'm, I'm leaving. I always did prefer Bungard. I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, Kyle Flanagan, I reckon, is a shot of playing. But yeah, I'm picking uh, the Dragons. I, Saints. I, think... I really want Saints to win, and I really want the Warriors to win because I want that. Oh, okay. I want that under. Undefe- <laughs> I want that uh, where they're both six the, and zero or seven. Yeah, the seven and zero when they're playing at Mount Smart. I think it's next week, and next the, Friday. And Dragons historically great record. I was the about to say, that, and Warriors yeah. great at home. So. Uh, I I just want to see Josh Dugan get booed and whistled and. Oh, this game though, never really an easy one. Like this good actual proper derby still proper rivalry and the, yeah. and the Sharks pack when they're going and they were going last week they can kind of throw it with the Dragons yeah. I reckon still the coldest place in rugby league in my opinion Saturday afternoon our time is Warriors versus the Doyle Brisbane. Cup the Doyle Cup <laughs> three o'clock at Mount Smart Stadium they will be fighting fighting for his so, love there's, there's um it's always been a tough fixture the Doyle Cup for the Broncos the Warriors have always played the Broncos well mm. and they generally play them over Origin remember looking at the draw this year when it came out thinking. Thank Christ we're playing the Warriors before Origin. Oh, no. There's a W. <laughs> oh, <dear. up>. Jesus. <laughs> I feel like the oh, Warriors the Warriors just match up really well with this current Broncos team yeah. and this current iteration. You know what I mean? Because if they just really sort of take them on up the middle, smack them around a bit, get Bunty Afoa just, you know, well, knocking some people. Adam Blair, like, you know, he might yeah. take a knife onto the field and just like... <laughs> Hit Milford late, yeah, definitely. Yeah, see you later, son. But, you know, yeah, even like 10 years ago, they used to love... They used to... Only 10 used to hit like Webkey and Thorn like 15 years ago. It was just the Warriors. Oh, when they had like psychopaths like Monty Beatham in the yeah. pack and... That was it. And then they just start do you remember the time? Do you remember the time Casey Maguire tried to pick a fight with one of them? I'm pretty sure it was Beatham. Yeah. And Beatham, who was like a Golden Gloves champion in New Zealand and became a professional boxer after he retired from footy... Yeah. Absolutely flogged him. No, he didn't really try to pick a fight with him. Was it the fight like Shane Webkey and uh, Goodbeal or something? And then Beatham was in front of Maguire. Yeah, that and might Beatham's like, it's just, it's just. I, sorry, sir. I just, I just vividly <laughs> remember Monty Beatham giving Casey Maguire the beating of his life. Yeah, yeah. And uh, my concern to this team, this Broncos team, is uh, built to play fast and fit, and they're not fast or fit currently. So, um, <laughs> or playing. Broncos thirteen plus though. <laughs> Sticking stick to the brand, as, I like as a, it. As a Broncos fan, your main hope for me going into this one, you hope the Warriors have one of those days. Every team has them, you hope the Warriors have one yeah, of those I days. I think that's all you can rely on. Though. I think they'll have another big crowd. I think they'll be really fired up again. Well, luckily we've got a couple of Kiwis. Maybe Nick Arima will play okay at home. Inside man. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, give me the Warriors. 13 plus. Ooh. Sorry, mate. Yeah. I, I have this the, the well, Doyle the Doyle love bowl I have this image you know when they give them the check at the end of the game for man of the match I have this yeah. image of like love actually where he starts peeling away the cards yeah. in front of him and it just says Mitch you mean so much to me yeah good Perfect. I hope so by the way just random story you know what last year we've had this both stories last year in the podcast my sister's birthday took me away from Broncos Storm Hammerings yes the bitch's wedding is during this game Jesus so 
If you want to go, oh, my sister ruins for me kind of voodoo, it's 50 points the Warriors are doing this by. Because the last two things I've missed, the Broncos have been down by 40 by the Storm. So it's happening. Wouldn't that be something? Jesus. Putting a wedding on the Doyle, the Doyle Cup the day. The day of the Doyle Cup. Did she not, did she not check the NRL kick, draw? Kickoff is the same time as the wedding. I can't even sneakily get it on my phone. Like, <laughs> I'd tell her I had something on. Maybe I should get something like, you know, get the old, the Apple, e- the, uh, the Air- earpods, Air- yeah, Air- 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 in one ear, the back of the church, lean on it. Maybe you could be like, you could be that you get a Bluetooth headset like you're at a business meeting in your yeah, car. That's good. Alrighty, North Queensland versus Canterbury Bankstown at Townsville Stadium. Oh, God, this is going to be a I'd be picking the Cowboys. Game. Sorry, the Bulldogs, it was down here, by the way. As would I. I don't know if I would. But I'm picking I don't know if I have enough. I don't know if I have enough faith in their ability to score points. North Queensland are short they're not, this one. they're not getting that forward dominance up the middle that they would have expected. Either. I think Clem is going okay. You know, I'm sure you guys have spoken plenty on the podcast about the struggles Woods is Not really. Woods is Everyone else does it now. Oh, I don't really? Have, I don't really talk about oh, okay. it anymore, man. I'm, I'm, I'm not aware of who this man is. I'll try and keep it that way. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, look, they have apparently three rep forwards and you couldn't tell. Whom? Clemmer, Woods and Jackson. I don't think Woods and Jackson are rep forwards after this season anyway. I, I, I legit couldn't think of who the third one yeah, was. Yeah, I thought they, the two props, who's the other one? <laughs> yeah, it's been a, long, exactly been, right. a, been a long day, sports fans. Mate, no, but pro- I think I think Coot coming back is really big for the Cowboys. Yeah. I think going back at home is really good for the Cowboys. Playing a team that the, the Cowboys have gears that the dogs, dogs just don't have. And Second. <laughs> not at, not neutral. Not neutral. Yeah. <laughs> they have gears. So they have I'm expecting gears. the Cows to win this and to win this pretty well. Yeah. Uh, I'll take the Cows as well by 20 plus. Alrighty. Saturday night, Canberra versus Parramatta. I don't really want to talk about this game, Canberra. Take, I like to, Canberra. I like to think that they've brought Josh Papali back into the team just so he can run at Mitch Moses. Because, Man, that is oh one, my God, that, he has given Moses some frightful beatings. Ge- genuinely, I, I don't like shitting on one particular player. That's a lie. <laughs> but watching Mitch Moses try and defend large players is my kink. <laughs> Him either Sam's tra- a lucky woman. Either trying to trying to tackle people who are more than six inches taller than him, or running out of the line to avoid tackling. Yeah, I'm okay. about it. Um, he's right back to not tackling anymore as well. Once he started losing, he's right out of business to tackling. He, yeah, man, I, f- I feel for the guy. He's, I think Gutho is a good inclusion for Para, but I also think that we can't expect too much from him. He's expected to be Clive Churchill at this point. Yeah, it's like, like Gutho's going to save. It's going to be a slow start because that's a big knee injury, and he's had a couple of knee injuries before. Yeah. I also think Brown is a massive out for Para. Like, yeah. There's no one in that in that middle rotation that really scares me. There's and I think to Tony beat to, yeah, to beat Canberra, you gotta you gotta go over the top of them. Like you can't let them get over the top of you because if 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 you do, they'll just they'll just how, they'll just run you to death. You know how I mean? are the Raiders a dollar sixty? I know, well, I know, punters, I get you punters bad, decide but, the market, geez. but yeah, you're right. It's odd. With no Nathan Brown, I guess Gutho back, whatever. We'll see. But they're starting Penny Terrapo, Tony Williams in a professional rugby league game. Well, yeah, you know, in, a, you in know Australia, what? just to clarify. Canberra have had trouble at times with big athletic forwards. T Rex has done some horrible but things to Canberra is in he the past. Athletic anymore? I, I don't know, man. This season's weird. It Canberra's is weird. weird. Weird stuff happens. Yeah, fair point. Fair yeah. Point. So at the uh, having said all that, I'm going to tip a para nine plus. Nah, given, nah, given, given. I think Canberra win. Yeah. Alrighty, Penrith versus the Gold Coast at Penrith Stadium. I'm on surprised Saturday they came evening. for this game. I would have wanted to so, be nuked sorry, last Sunday year in the stadium, but I'm surprised when they came. I still do. <laughs> uh, Penrith by a lot. For really? Me. Yeah. Well, I guess James is a big out. Yeah. yeah look, I was going to pick them until James was out. 
Yeah. I, I still think I might do it. I might back Jaya to go in there and slap some fellas around. For me, the thing is that the Gold Coast played, you know, very well against Manly, but I think Penrith match up a, against them a lot better, and Penrith are in not necessarily red hot form, but they'll be confident from a grinding win last mm. week. Where do you think they match up well? Uh, Isaiah Yo hitting people. Basically, he's out in the centres though. Yeah. I tell you, yeah, I actually true, think eh? that's a matchup that the Titans can win mm. with Maloney, Harawira, Naira, Yo, and Mansour up against Taylor, Proctor, Hurrell, Don. Man, if they can match up Proctor or Hurrell on Maloney, mm. you know, it's and like, Don it's, against Mansour in the air out. is well, well, Don's going to Don's going to out, outwit him. He's going to yeah. outfox him somehow, as he does everybody. Yeah, exactly. Uh, He's the, I, the wiliest customer in the business. I'm going to I'm going to go Titans. Actually, I'm going the upset. I'll go Penrith, but I think it'll be really close. Yeah, I'll, I'll go Penrith by six. Be a good one. That'll be one for the kids. Not. Yep. Uh, Manly Warringah versus West Tigers at Brookvale. Last game of the round. Give me West. I'm taking the the, the Sea Eagles. I'm taking West because I wasn't brave enough to tip them last week, and I don't I don't want to I don't want to keep missing out on what's going on there. Well, they're missing uh, Russell Packer this week. They have got Josh Reynolds back off the bench for some crazy whack shit, which is nice. They're, Man, they're, they're going to miss so Packer. To that. But I tell you what, Alex Twile starting. I am really keen for that. So, oh. I think I think he's going to be sensational. But isn't it? It's just funny looking at a Tigers team that you know for so long they just relied on Aaron Woods as the only guy in the middle. Now it's like, oh, we're missing Packer. Don't worry, Twall's good. And don't worry, Aloy is pretty good as well. Oh, and Suasso yeah. Sue's just back in the team for well, this game. Well, Jesse Sue, mate, he'd get a run on the bench at, at the very least. Plenty teams. At, ten, at, you know, 10 clubs, easy. Lollahia named on the extended it's, bench It's against well. my religion, so I'm actually tipping the Manly man. Basically, <laughs> you dropped Tui. <laughs> I, I, I can't work out why they've dropped Tui. Well, they've picked Nofaluma for this week. He didn't play... He played Cup last week. He had a pretty yeah. good game in Cup, but they ran... Well, good old Josh Drinkwater ran rampant in that game. Mm. Josh Drinkwater, State Cup legend, banged over a penalty from halfway. It was lit. It was great. But Tui, I, I don't understand because I don't. he hasn't been great in attack. He's, the combinations are still getting there, but no one in the team's been great yeah. in the combinations so far. And I think defensively and positionally over the last two weeks, he's been really strong. He's like, been sharp. He has. And, mm. uh, for example, when he made that catch... Off, uh, I think it was a, a Brody Croft yeah. bomb. No, forty-three meter field goal attempt. Yeah, and so he's banged <laughs> in a kick. Lola here made the effort to stretch his foot back to make sure he was in the in goal when he caught it and got the twenty-meter restart. And from that set, they kicked the field goal. Like that's the sort of heads-up play that you want your fullback making. I thought he was starting to get a real feel for the position yeah. and a feel for the combinations, yeah. but. There, there must be there must be something else. There must be something we're not seeing. I, I wonder because Trebojevic is back this week from injury. I wonder how much of an impact he is going to have. But you've got the rubber man at fullback for Concord worst. rubber man. Yeah, like mm-hmm. that's that to me seems like Trebojevic. I know they're not going to go necessarily one on one, but they're so different those two players. Whereas Lola here at least I guess adds a little bit more versatility because he can play in the halves if need be, center, et cetera, et cetera. Well, he's I think he's definitely a better ball player than yeah. than Thompson. Cool. Mm. Um, I agree Thompson. With that. Thompson will make this work because he just makes stuff work. Yeah, <laughs> he just he just gets it done. But yeah, I maybe it's a yardage thing. Maybe they'll think they'll need a bit more yardage on on their exit sets. But yeah, I'm I'm struggling to figure it yeah. out. Corey Thompson reminds me of a young Jason Nightingale. Awkward. High praise, high, high praise, praise indeed. Yeah, well, I mean, Corey he, Thompson. I think he's like 26, 27. No, he's young, older, isn't he? He's young man. He's, I can't remember. Like Twenty eight, maybe. He's, he's in his twenties. Let's let's, let's middle Q-Cup it there. Cup superstar, mate. Cup legend. Yeah, you did mention sidetrack. You mentioned there that Tui Lola Hey uh, 
gather for seven tackle set. Two things. Commentary's been bad all year this year, Rob, but two things this week that really got me. Firstly, on that one, Ennis encouraging Ennis Benji. Ennis saying, yeah, kick it into touch. With, with five to go, scores a level. Oh, man. Benji mate. needs to kick this one into touch. His team's tired. Kick it out. And then he kicks a field goal. Oh, he's kicked the field goal. <laughs> what? Hang on, you can get points from kicking and he field? Had, he, had wow. to, he had to have gotten the score wrong. He must yeah. have thought that the Tigers were up 10-8 or something. Yeah. And then the other one was... Now, this other one is definitely Blocker's first ever bit of preparation this season. He definitely went into a game thinking, I'm going to mention I want to see Milford run and not kick the ball. Except he mentioned it in the first set of the game when Broncos were in their own 30s. He's like, geez, you want to see Milford run the ball more in the fifth, don't you? <laughs> Mate, What? Hey, just, from your I just imagine him on his page of notes with his one note. Like, crosses yeah. out his note and goes, shit. Shit, I used that earlier. <laughs> now what? <laughs> That's it. But anyway, I'm picking Manly. Oh, they score points at home. I don't think the Tigers... Yet. I know I've said it a few times now. Stop them from scoring points. It'll be one of those wacky games. I Manly are always in wacky games. I'm looking forward to Reynolds being back. If, if oh, mate, else. he's going to be G'd up like a oh, crack addict he, on the sideline. He, he may kill somebody. Yeah, he may. I love it. Mate, don't, don't leave the pickle juice out at Brookwell this no, week. He's got no, to drink all, no. <laughs> drink it all on the side of everything. Those things like some, whoever like Little will run off to relieve him. Reynolds just grab him and headbutt him because he's so fired up. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. Sorry, I'm just so keen. <laughs> Wait, oh, there. I'm, everyone's keen for the Reynolds return. Isn't that funny, though? The, the hate for him is just gone these days. Well, I never hated him. I know you didn't, but like, he was, I, I like understood he's, why he's people did because yeah. he like, he's just grubby as hell, like whatever. He's a competitor. But he's just so wholehearted. He loves he loves playing and he wants to win so goddamn bad. I, I, you know, I've always been a fan. Simi Renrandra trying the chip and chase. This will be interesting. Oh, yes, it will, yes. Semi Rundrundra. Oh, he's absolutely buried it. Rundrundra. Alrighty. Oh, yes. This will be interesting, yes. He's absolutely buried it. It's the first time Campo's heard that. Oh, it's, no. the, it's the first. On, it's the first. On, on, I on thought air. it would have been retired now that Sammy's left the NRL. No, no, no we, he we, kept it around. That's great. No, it's too good to let go. It's a it ripper. Just is. It's just Unlike Sammy. Hey, well, he's too good to let go. They got that wrong. <laughs> oh, that's my point. Anyway, uh, it's no no news this One week. News. No news. One news. Do we have to discuss this? Yeah, I think we, we do. It's the biggest. It's the biggest news in. And people want to hear me defend him vehemently, obviously. <laughs> so the news. these people met you. Yeah, you. Yeah, mm, true. Yeah, um, I didn't really want to talk about this, but we really have to. It's it's as you said, it's really been the only big news story out of the week. Uh, the Bennett Brown bash. The bash. So we're talking about, if you somehow haven't heard about it, it was... You've come out of From Under Your Rock and somehow you've got your podcast off Spotify. Yes. Uh, Nathan Brown, at the end of his press conference, well, he ended it after the comment, said to, you know, comment about Wayne if he was in town. Sorry, he was using his little head, not his big head, essentially. It was about Brown had to rebuild using his little head, not his big head. And since then, Brown sort of claim it wasn't a dick joke or a cheating joke, but quite clearly a personal shot of Wayne Bennett. Yeah. Yeah, um, I don't know if you want to talk first, Camper. We have a pretty similar opinion on this. So. Oh, look, I'll I'll go first. I I was surprised at sort of the unmitigated glee that people had for this remark. I understand that the Knights fans really hate Wayne Bennett, and I don't know if that's right. I don't know if that's wrong, but I certainly understand where it's coming from because mm. he was there in the period that precipitated the lowest point in that club's history, and maybe the lowest point that any team's had over the last 25 years. So I understand why they hate him. I understand why they're reveling in it a little bit. Having said that, I 
I really didn't like this. I thought it was really petty. I thought it was a real cheap shot. I wouldn't have minded if Brown had said something like, if Wayne had been a better coach when he was down here, I wouldn't have had to fix this joint. Or if he'd said, if Wayne had been smarter or if Wayne had paid more attention. Like, if he'd come at Wayne's ability, Wayne Bennett's ability as a footy coach, that's fine. But once you get personal, really personal like this, mm. that's a difficult place to come back from. It would be like if I was doing a yarn on, on a player, on any player, and I say, not only is he a terrible footballer, he's also an awful husband and father. Mm. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, yeah. Not that, that you're doing that about a scumbag either. It's someone yeah. who might think he's a scumbag. It's just another person. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I, I, you just don't expect to see this sort of thing from, from coaches. you know. So I, I must say, I, I didn't like it at all. No. If, if someone like me thinks you need to grow up for a comment, you probably need to grow up. Yeah. Like, you know, those kind of things, really, it's pretty funny to go say at the pub. You know, with your mates, it's pretty funny at the pub. But so you know, you're, oh, you're gonna you're gonna bang somebody with that, like about Wayne Bennett. That this kind of thing, the response, the comment he was responding to too, wasn't really that big of a shot at Brownie. Brown, the comment ba- Wayne Bennett made during the week was that Brown is doing a very good job at Newcastle, but he's. Oh, not I re- don't, I don't know if it was like that. It wasn't. No, it was a little bit dismissive. It was, but he said he's it was not, a little bit sort of belittling. No, that no, doesn't justify no, what Brownie no, said. Except but, he starts like that, and then he goes and says. But he's not rebuild, rebuilding what I unbuilt. He's rebuilding what he unbuilt. Mm. So you know, he's that's him. It's a bit, a bit of a dick comment, right? But it's not a personal shot at Nathan yeah. Brown, and it doesn't justify the personal clapback. And you know, people are going to say, "Oh, you know, you're Wayne Bennett lover." Yes, I am. But it's not professional. It's this is rugby league. There's 16 coaches in this league. You went to a press conference and you made a joke about him sleeping with a member of your staff who people who still work for you would know her. Like you know, you brought yeah, someone's family into it. Sort of thing. If fans say this, then then whatever. You know, fans are going to say what they're going to say. They are. But it, in a professional capacity, doing something like this, it's just it's just low rent, man. It's, yeah, you it's know? pathetic. Like, and fans don't know full backstories. They don't have to know full backstories. They can make all the jokes they want to about Wayne. That's where they are. But Brown knows much better than this, of the story of this. He knows that's not what it was like. I mean, he knows that. You know, when, when Wayne moved to Sydney, he didn't bring his wife with him. They weren't really together. They were, they were wife, husband and wife on a piece of paper. They, they, already, they, were, they were apart. He knows that, that kind of stuff. Mm. And still played into the stupid narrative. And then calls up Wayne and Dale, which is her name. Dale, by the way. Like, what the fuck yeah. for a woman, woman, by the way? How was she at the weekly Dale meeting? Distraught? Uh, didn't attend. Because <laughs> you're here and instead. Then, yeah. <laughs> it's not only not publicly apologising after making a public comment is apologising and trying to claim he never said it as a personal remark. Yeah. It's like, mate, you dropped the mic and walked out when you said it. It was, it was 100% personal. Like the, and the thing that got me was the fact that nobody expected this to this comment. Like, I was, saying that about, I was talking about this off mic earlier. Like, Mitch Pierce's face, when he says this and gets up and leaves, is one of the strangest things I've ever seen. Like, he had no... He, like, it must have felt like he was in a movie. Yeah. Like, that this was just appearing in front of him. Yeah. And I and I feel for him because obviously what an awkward what an awkward, awfully, you know, terrible thing to hear your coach say. And secondly, like you're going to get asked about that for the rest of the season as well, the ca- as the captain of the club. Like he's, I, I, there's no doubt Brown would have regretted it half an hour after. Uh, he would have, re- and I think I think, think, re- I think he regretted it as, as soon, soon as he, he said, said it, it. and that's, that's why, why he got up and left. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's one of those lines he would have thought of earlier and then thought, oh, I'm not going to say that though, and then just said it. Yeah. yeah. And been and, like, oh, I've, uh, I'm trying to catch the words as they come out of your yeah. mouth. Like, I am all for uh, 
you know, managerial sparring. You know, if if you want to make comments about a manager or a, a coach yeah. or another member of staff at another club, that's fine. Like, if you want to criticize their their coaching ability or their playing ability or whatever it is, that's okay. We see it in all kinds well, of sports. Like, but like, this is it's not good enough. Yeah, it's like the other week after the Good Friday penalty a thon where they were talking to Gallon after the game and they asked him about him and Chambers who'd been shaping up at the end of the game and he said, oh yeah, you know, Chambers, he thinks he's a big man but he comes at me from behind. That's pretty, you know, whatever. That's fine. That's good banter. That's, 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 a, th- that's a thing that happened on the field. If he said, yeah, Chambers came at me from behind and he's a shit bloke and that's why his wife doesn't love him. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a tough place to it come. Is. It's a yeah. tough thing to come it back and, and as you say, like, the only thing that, I mean, nothing's going to make this better, but, like, it puts the club in a terrible position because, in reality, the club probably should have made a statement distancing self, themselves from these comments. Yeah. Uh, not necessarily well, just... I don't as, know if they can do that. No, I don't know, I don't got, know, I don't know if they can throw Brian at a draw like that. But they they kind of have to go with him. But they, yeah. could, they could just apologise Yeah, for and them. I'll p- apologise and say, you know, this is... It's not, it's not coming from the club, but, like... To, to, for him to come out and say, oh, I've apologised to Wayne, that's the end of it, I never really meant it. Like, mate, just come out, say you did the wrong thing, yeah. hopefully people forgive you. Wayne's obviously never going to, Brisbane's probably going to spank you next time you go. Exactly, and it's like, you know, we're not making this anything about who's at fault for what happened at the night. Or and it's not about not going, that it's Wayne. It's I'm not, not going about, back to yeah. any of that. He can be the face of all of it, but just those kind of comments just shouldn't be made yeah. at any, from anybody at a bloody press conference. <laughs> like, that's mm. it, you know? If they happen on the field, sometimes at a heat of the moment, that's okay. But this is a, a bloody press conference on record. He said it to one of... There's only 16 of you. Yeah. There's only 16 of you. It's that's like it. It's like 6% of the people he's sledged, you know? Yeah. You put it into numbers like that. Anyway, that was the biggest news of the week. Yeah. No other news. Let's let's move on to questions. What are your questions? Questions. Let's, let's, let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah. Um, I don't know the quality of them this week. We generally get some whack ones with <laughs> guests on. So of course we'll we do. We, f- we thrive on whack. Are you serious? Yeah. We're going to have a of questions. Now, let's see how many people write in about the Wayne thing, because that's always what we want to talk about more of, right? We're all keen on Wayne. Oh, here we go. First question. <laughs> Shouldn't we take more Wayne to regional and, uh, areas? Sean 86. <laughs> Has Wayne Barrett lost his aura? If so, could it be discovered if he held a training camp in a regional area? There we go. Boom. <laughs> well, at least it wasn't a little head joke. So, that's all right. First one, done. Good job. Uh, at Simon underscore 393, what should his touch team do next season? They play the highest grade of touch they can play in the region and their four and against is currently 84 to 8. Keep winning. Keep, keep winning. winning. <laughs> yeah, who cares? <laughs> if you can't play anywhere else, just keep winning. They, Mate, should, they one, should man-cut their opponents. Run up, <laughs> yeah, one day, run up the score, Simo. The athletic ability will go, but those results won't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, memories, the memories will last a you lifetime, yeah, guys. Doesn't matter okay. how many uh, you win by. Harry Ramage got a question for Campo. He says, favourite X-Raider out of Leslie Vinacolo, Rod Jensen, Terry Martin or Trevor Thurling? Whew, you talk about a red hot field. Mm. Yeah, a lot of a lot of a lot of late nineties, early two thousands memories there. I got to go Trevor Thurling because he scored a hat trick in that seventy four to twelve game when Canberra Jeez. beat Penrith in 08. That's a dark and horse out of that field, man. I loved Trevor Thurling. What can I tell you? I think he only scored six tries in his entire career, and three of them came on that day. So, Trevor Thurling playing for the Cooma Stallions this year. What's up, go Cooma? <laughs> I would have gone Vinacola, just for the record. Rod Jensen. You reckon? Yeah. Well, I thought I thought Rod Jensen was more of a cowboy than a he raider. was. He was, but yeah. Um, Trent Slats was Brandy Wright and Thurston need to find out his Q Cup feeder team, or can he still get it back to his best? Well, I think it depends on what you define as his best. I don't think he's ever going to be the player that won the Dally M or won the back-to-back Dally M's and was like you know the North Queensland Jesus. But I do think he can come back and be something 
close to that. And it'll just take more time. And yeah. we spoke about it earlier. Yeah. Yeah, you are. They, they don't know what world you have to be in to drop Thurston. How bad he'd have to be playing. Isn't it crazy though that someone as good as Thurston, who's accomplished so much, three like not great games, and the knives come out. Yeah. Like, yeah. It really just doesn't matter eh, how good you are or who you are. Like if you're not playing well enough, they'll come after you. Mm. Yeah. Um, next question comes from Mick the Perm. He says, "What is the most effective way to choose a player of the year?" Just let me do it. Yeah, I like that. Let me do it as well. I'll, yeah, well, it, it's it's. I don't know. There's no perfect way. I don't like no. the current one. We all know. I was considering doing this year, getting like 50 of the pod fans together and doing an MVP vote, and I haven't decided to do that at the end of the year or not. I still might, but just to see what results we come out with. Hmm. But we have short memories. I was going to do it every eight weeks and then add up at the end, but even then, it's a lot of effort. So who knows? Well, I think I think it's like you say. Every method has its own flaws. Like yeah. if you just arbitrarily choose one then the back end of the season will count more than the front end of the season. Yeah. If you go for a 3-2-1 thing after each game, it'll really depend on who you've got judging and how they see each game. If yeah, you and just... as yeah, and as we were saying, if a player like Ponga gets one point for every loss, yeah. Yeah. then you end up getting 18 points basically for right, free. There's always yeah. been teams that's easy, easy to get points in. Yeah. I, I, I quite like the idea of, at the end of the season, having a, a huge panel, like as bi- a bigger panel as possible, and having a five four three two one yeah. like they do in like they do in the they used to do it in the NBA like that I'm not sure if they still do yeah. and then you just add it all up and whoever's got the most wins and yeah. I think if you have enough voters and there's enough numbers in there it averages out yeah. and the cream sort of well, rises up the, the latest way they do it now for like the All Star voting for example it's not the same as MVP I don't mind that in the NF in the uh, NBA they do the players as well. And the coach, everyone votes, not just media. Yeah. And maybe that could be a way of doing it to get to find a balance. Who knows? Mm. Like, I don't know a perfect system, but I know I just don't like the current well, one I, where... I mean, we've seen it before. Those teams, when they are going okay, someone at New, if there's good players at Newcastle, they always score well. Good players at Tigers will always score well. Just the way those teams work and whatever the voting works and the coverage around works, that's it. The Badiris mm. and Johns were forever contenders, no matter what year they were, they were having. Farah or Benji were always up there. Woods was up there. And this year, you'll see that Ponga will be up there. Those kind of teams just yeah. lean towards getting Dalian. My points. my my take is like I always ten- obviously I respect the Dalian. I've you know has its history. We've we've discussed its f- foibles on here before. I always love looking at the the RLPA awards because to me that is the players that you least want to play against, and that for me is not necessarily the best players, but the it, best players. Even to play. that felt like a Sydney boys club vote. Yeah, yeah it true. did a little bit. Mm. It, it did a little bit, and it will and it will with the with the. The saturation of Sydney teams. Well, it is. Like, but the how Tedesco beat Billy Slater for fullback of the year last year, beyond me. Like, mm. Teddy had a pretty average season for Tedesco. <laughs> but yeah. Fair. That's, that's it. That's why I think it's a balanced kind of thing is actually the best way to go. Yeah. Um, uh, next question, Shonda86. Given that they both talk themselves up for weeks and then fell on the greater stage, who is the weaker big dog? Matt Bungard or Roman Reigns? Ha, wrestling. <laughs> that'll that'll twist the knife that Shunner's hit him with a wrestling dog. And he's not even here. Well, yeah, Roman Reigns is a... Roman Reigns, Roman Reigns like, was in the ring. Yeah, he, he lost... got he, he made the walk to fight, he you did. know, he, the beast. He, 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 fought, he didn't pull it off for like eight months. <laughs> well, I will not take the kicks. <laughs> like, he went there, he fought, and his was scripted. He was supposed to lose. Bungard <laughs> loses anyway. So I feel like Roman Reigns is the bigger dog. He takes the catch home in a day. That's yeah. it. There you go. The best thing I know is Bungard listens to these things when he's not here. <laughs> he's <laughs> so, too. Just to check out what we're saying about him. <laughs> um, 
Ando4285. I was just about to ask, is there an Ando question next? Always. <laughs> Would Camper ever throw a dolly at a bus? Um, not if Khabib Nurmagomedov was on it, I'll tell you that much. That's a UFC joke. That was, a, that that was very odd. Like, just... I know that Connor's not necessarily... Uh, not necessarily well, all our, fighters, our but... Our mutual friend, Matt Bungard, but, is operating under the assumption that it was a work. But It was a setup. But wow. Oh, mate, look. He's the he's one of the most famous people on the planet. Yeah. He's one of the richest athletes on the planet. Yeah. He's been able to do whatever he wants for about the last two years, mm. and he's a pretty reckless kind of guy. Yeah. I I'm surprised that it came out like this, but I'm not surprised that he's had something like this where his his emotions and his ego and his temper have run away with him like that. Yeah. I mean, we before the before the the Mayweather fight, there was always the whole thing about you know he was a boy from. The projects, yada yada yada, the estates they call them over there, you know. And he'd he'd risen to this, and nothing had ever brought him down. And he's gone all the way to the top, and the line down to the, you know, down the escalator is going real quick. Yeah. It's going to be interesting I, to see what happens from here. Well, I'll be interested to see to see what the UFC does because the natural move from here would be to book him against Khabib Nurmagomedov, who won the lightweight title on the weekend mm. in September after Ramadan finishes because Khabib's a Muslim yeah. and always, always observes it. Because yep. that will be a massive, massive fight. And given the way that McGregor is sort of self-destructing outside of the cage, I'm not sure how many big, big, big fights they can still get out of him yep. where he's still one of the top lightweights in the sport. Mm. Okay, next question. Paul Mack underscore 78. Which NRL club should go after Ben Barber? Ooh, maybe the Gold Coast Titans. Good answer. I've, I've got a bit of a, a bit of a stab in the dark. I was going to say Titans. What I say is that the Sharks bring him back, and Valentine Holmes end up the fullback for the Titans. Oh yeah, I wouldn't mind that either. I also think the Cowboys would be if they lose Coop, which I think they're gonna. I think they're going to. He might end up at the Titans, and then. They make some calls about Barber, and he might want to do that rather than come back to Sydney. Well, mate, Barber up there brings some speed to the team, so I'm going to break the game open and adding yeah. him to Morgan and um, and Granville, and then probably Tamari at that point. Not, yeah. a, not too bad. Not too bad at all. Yeah, I think I'm going to say Cowboys. I, I think that's the best fit. I am not going to cast any aspersions on the fine city of the Gold Coast, but to me, Ben Barber on the Gold Coast does not seem like a recipe for success. Like the Commonwealth Games. Yeah, let's not talk about that. <laughs> but... um. Yeah, I mean, there'd be, there'd be a market for him. I'm so, mm. I was always really surprised last year that nobody just copped it and kept him on over here anyway yeah. for his talents. But he'll be back. Okay, next where, question. Where, where's, where's his family from? Mackay. So, central Queensland. Yeah. 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 You know, the, the Cowboys move would might be okay for that. Mm. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I think it could be the, fir- the marquee signing for the central Queensland team that you want. At the underscore Gamak says, he hope he's not too late, but is it too early to say the Raiders are back? No. They were back even before that game against on Thursday. Yeah. That second half against Manly, that's when I knew they were on their yeah. way back to the top. Nah, it probably is a bit early. I'd want to see. I'd want to see them get back to five hundred yeah. before I'd say yeah. they're back. Fair. At V Eight Tiger, another one for me. He says, Mitch, Cavs to win the finals still all nah. Also, will I follow LeBron when he joins Philly next year or stick with the Cavs? Okay, well, Cavs will still make the finals, not to win the finals. I think they'll still make it. I don't know, but I'm really hoping for a seven game series against Philly. Yeah, I think Israel. that's what's happening. That's what I'm hoping is going to happen. And it'd be interesting. I mean, there was a cracking game the other day and they didn't have Embiid, so that'd be interesting. And will I follow LeBron? No. I I did become a Cavs fan originally because the Asian kid who had a locker next to me at high school said I should support the team LeBron's on. That's how I became a Cavs fan because at that point, before that, I was like, 
a bit of was like magic or raptors. I used to toss between. I like the magic and the raptors. <laughs> Bullet dodged, my friend. With, well, imagine if you ended up on the magic. Raptors is okay at least. Raptors, magic. raptors is all right. Magic, like, oh lord, magic. the pain and, Man, and a shithole too. That's Orlando. Um, I could have ended up there, but no, I ended up on the Cavs. And then when LeBron left, well, it was pretty easy to have Kyrie, who I was trying to claim was Australian, come in. But then so when you the... don't have to claim him. He was born here. Nice, oh, no, no, come on, mate. He ain't Aussie. That flat earth motherfucker. He was here for about 10 <laughs> that minutes. That traitor as fuck. He'll, <laughs> he'll come out next week and he'll bind to that conspiracy theory that Australia doesn't actually exist. Yeah. You know? yeah. yeah, that's where he was born. So he loved that theory, actually. He yeah. loved to be born with something else this. And anyway, with LeBron, if LeBron ever left again... I'm 27. I'm not changing teams. I've been, I've been a Cavs fan for you know over 10 years now. Fair. And we're going to suck again. Like, really bad. <laughs> it's a terrible how, franchise. How long will it be until, if LeBron leaves, how long would it be until another Cleveland team wins a title? Oh, well, I, if, you're throwing would, in, if you're throwing in baseball, the Cleveland Indians. Are we talking like the heat death of the universe here? Probably no, not. The Indians are there. The Indians, the Indians are there and there about. They made the World Series last year, two years ago. Two years ago, lost to the Cubs. That was it, the Cubs. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. A good friend, Dave, messed it on us. Got Oz or Ozil or Azul or whatever Zil. Man. <laughs> um, he says he's got a question for Campo. It feels like an in joke here, but he says, "What's a battle?" Is that an in joke? I don't know what he's talking about. Yeah, he just asked, "What's a battle?" What's a battle? Yeah, I, I don't know. Mate, you probably said something new when you were pissed down there last time. Mate, I'm what am I? The battle was you trying to keep that beer on the Yeah, table. the battle was me <laughs> not to hear, a beer I on did him. Hear about And that. it was a battle that I lost. <laughs> yeah. But it was a battle. <laughs> was the war won? No. Maybe, but no, I don't think so. Um, Maybe, I think it might be a Simpsons joke. Yeah, it might be. What's a battle? You did that boy it? just ask what's a battle? No, he said, what's that rattle? What's that rattle? Yeah. yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, Michael Darren 79 as always. What would you rank the Bulldogs roster out of 10? Oh. Three? I'd go four. Four. Four, I think. Yeah, four yeah. four. I think three or four as well is mm. ap- apt. Two, is Greg Eastwood the undisputed big fat man in the NRL? <sighs> well, Sam, Sam's not as fat as he once was. Yeah. You know, and that hurts me. There's hurts some fat me men out there, though. Yeah. There's some fatter men than there should be. Papali? Paulo. Uh, Paulo, Papali. Yeah. Does Asiata get extra points for being... No, he's not a fat man, but he does things that... Fat men dream of doing. Yes. Fat men playing halfback. Yeah. And are yeah. we going NRL or are we going Australian Rugby League? Because if we're going Australian Rugby League, there is only one answer. Dave and it Taylor. is the Coltrane. Yeah, mm. mate. He's the fattest man alive currently yeah. too. I'm giving it to the Coltrane. Yeah, doing it anyway. And his last question, well, I haven't got an answer for you, Michael, but I'll have a look tomorrow. He says, short notice, but does Mitch have any stats on average points conceded during sin bins? I do not have the Omni. Okay. Mario Sieg says... I'm not sure if you've done this, but I'd be very curious on how we would go if we put an undersized 13 or 17 together. He said, undersized props would be hard to find. Well, let's do a couple. We're not going to do the whole team, but let's do a couple of undersized players. Well, Dufty be a fullback. Dufty fullback? If I can uh, get Ben Barber back, I'd like that. Yeah. Uh, Concord Rubberman. Yeah, on I was about to wing. mention him. Yep. Uh, the other wing is a bit tougher. Mm. Yeah, well, they're getting big and physical now, yeah, aren't they? The old wings. Um, Maybe like Brad Parker Maybe something like someone like yeah, that is, is he undersized enough Brad Parker Well he might be the closest I think there might be is Tony, like, Tony Don's tall He's not yeah, big Yeah Tony, Tony Don's a bigger dude than How tall is Josiah Fecky He's pretty tall He's solid Can we, can we shuffle Will Smith out there And ask him to do a job We might need him for the Oh no there's no, a lot of halves No, we, no mm-hmm. he's he's out on the wing Yeah uh, Seven will have uh, Nicarima Yep The Nicarima brothers can Are we, we just going to have a team of halves Can we call up Cam Cullen Oh, Cam Cullen, how good. Yeah. Shout, out, shout out to Chris Chard, who always carries a torch for Cam Cullen. Does he? Good on him. 
Okay, so undersized middles or props. Well, Nathan Brown's your first pick. 100%. Undersized 13 mm. and actually punches well yeah. of his way. Peter Gordon knows in at hooker. He's in the shortest hooker. player in the NRL. Is he? Yep. He just doesn't look that... Sh- if you get me like, It doesn't stand out as the really, really short to me. I don't know what's going on. Maybe he's just a hooker. I'm used Stats to don't hookers. lie. They don't. Good man. Good man <laughs> with his numbers over here. Can we, can we have Asiata in the middle as well? Is he, is he that yeah, I don't know if he's. I don't know if he's little enough. Mm. Jeez, he really isn't as, as little. It's hard little to fill middles. out a forward pack. It is. Yeah. On the edges, any midgets out there? Oh, Cam and Murray is in the middle as well. We got oh, Nathan yeah, Brown yeah. is Nathan going up Brown. front. Cam Murray's playing Cam 13. Murray, Luke Bateman. Luke Bateman. Luke Bateman. Luke Bateman. There you he go. He also oh. does look like an overgrown baby. Jesus, are they getting, <laughs> are they getting run over though? <laughs> Why do his pants have a fit, Dale? I don't know. I want to know. We've had this discussion. How does a big man buy I pants? I think. I think. Looking at this forward pack, I think an undersized pack. They'd be very game. All those guys are. Yep. Yeah. Really. They'd hit really hard, but it, it would be like being hit by a midge. Is, is, yeah, is there any <laughs> undersized? Small but powerful. Small but powerful. Yeah. Okay. Um. Anyway, we'll go to the next one. Uh, Josh Robert forty-four. Here we go. Two questions. If you're. <laughs> You're mate. <laughs> if you're an NRL coach and have a player returning from injury for four plus weeks, example, uh, Reynolds or Gutho, do you bring them back straight into your team or play them in Reggie's to get rid of rustiness? I would have played Gutho in Reggie's. I think I think it depends on, on the situation. Yeah. I don't think there's a hard and fast answer. I agree. I My, agree. Mine is, especially with Gutherson, like a knee injury, firstly, you've got to get confidence back into it both the injury itself and mentally. And secondly, he needs more time. Like, he needs running in the legs. Mm. That's my take. But it's also one of those things, maybe the player gets more confident if you just mm. put him back in. True. Like, But I, I really do think it just depends on the circumstance. Like, Melbourne brought Tohu Harris back through the Reggies last year when he came back from, I think that was stress fractures yeah. in his feet or something like that. So, yeah. It's a it's a, a really boring answer. But Seems it like depends a terrible on the place to have stress fractures. Sorry? Seems like a terrible place to have stress fractures. Is there a good place to have them? Uh, hand. Use them all the time, though. Yeah, but you've got you know you're not walking on them. Hey, he does. <laughs> hey. I'm in the room next door. Hey. Telling you, fellas. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, his next question says: Thoughts on coaches' reluctance to make changes on losing teams in 2018? Frustrating. Is it? Well, I think a lot of the teams down the bottom of the ladder. Well, nobody, let alone the teams, expected them to be down there, like Parramatta or the Cowboys. Yeah, exactly. Or the, you it'd, know. it'd be very easy for a lot of those teams to sort of think, well, you know, we've just had a bad few weeks. You know, coaches coaches will dance with the one what brung them, you know what I mean? Mm. Yeah, and I mean, Parra have, have like eight guys injured, so they haven't really got choices to make. Again, the Bulldogs, who am I looking to? I think Josh Cleland should get a run at some point, but other than that, it's like, look at that reserve grade side, I'm not thinking, yeah, oh, geez, throw them in. There's a, there's a few forwards. That's about it. And just, yeah. I think it's part too, of it as well is because the teams that are struggling are so high profile. Yeah, and well. it's it's still early. I mean, you know, there is only four teams that on two or two points or less. Everybody else is equal in the top eight, pretty much. You know, it's still early for a lot of these teams mm. to make a lot of changes. They'll come. Yeah, they always do. They'll get there. But, okay, next question. Uh, Butsy Triple Eight. Which NRL players would always drop tilted towers <laughs> We should always hide the bushes. This is a fortnight question. The game I've been playing, Campo. Ah, yes. how are you finding it? I am way too hooked. I was I was playing it like every couple of days before I started using a mic, and now I'm using a mic, and I can now I'm just that's it. I've played way too much. I'm playing like I, I was like wondering a, how I was genuinely because I know you've got a relatively addictive personality. I was yeah. wondering how long it would take yeah. for you to a, find in, that you liked it and b get addicted. Once well, you know what I've got right. Once I'm into it, if I like a game, I'm into it. Whatever, I'll I can sit. I can play for eight hours. I, I don't I don't game online, and I obviously don't have the console. But like, uh, I did watch somebody play Fortnite the other day for. 
just an hour, just in the background. Yeah. Like, I think I was, I might have been on the bike or something, but I was just watching it. And I was like, this, that looks like fun. Well, it looks I like he's having to, a good time. I try not to get into games, right? Because that's what happens to me. I'll do like eight hours and yeah. just sit there and do nothing. But I had like last Thursday night for work, I started at the 3.30 Thursday night. For work. It had work Friday morning and then did it again the next two nights. Mm. Genius. Smart, smart man. Okay, now who would drop at Tilted Towers and who would hide in the bushes? Uh, okay, Josh Reynolds goes to Tilted Towers, mate. And hiding in the bushes is Matt Moylan and his mates. Good answer. If you, you know, he doesn't believe, that's, that's a joke for about 10 people out there. That's good. Actually, that's no, more popular than that. Josh mate, Dugan did a celebration, okay? Mate, Fortnite's one of the biggest games in the world at the moment. Oh, yeah. That, idiot, that idiot would drop into Tilted Towers too, old Josh Dugan. Dope. Uh, next question. Ryan underscore Rovers. Where did all these fans come from? What fans? Are you taking shots at us? No, it's the Warriors. The Warriors thing. sign. Oh. Fella in the crowd. Where it Great was. sign. Oh. Anyone that paints that. a thinking emoji on a sign, <laughs> Mate, I'm about it. The greatest signs in the league, the Warriors. Yeah. Always. Great sign and game. Especially when they're broken English, they're always the best as well. Um, it's always good when you get those Warriors signs at games in Australia. Like when they played, I think it was the Chooks the other day, and there were like 12 of those Let's Go on Warriors signs. How good. Just great. Uh, about it Simon underscore Ill 97 What does Jack White Have on Ricky That gets him picked At fullback When he's the worst One on the comp And the only winners Come without him Oh look I, White and The reason they've kept White at fullback For so long Is because White Does have games Where you think Wow this guy may, Maybe one day This is this is Yeah Could be extremely Effective here Because he is So athletically gifted He can throw A nice pass Here and there And that's a that's enough for a lot of coaches to dream on. It it seems know? like every every nine game he gets, nine out of ten game, he gets raps beyond imagination. Yeah, but the yeah. the problem is that there's several fours and fives in there. Well, I think the the biggest problem is that he's been the fullback for four years now. Like started in, in fifteen. So this mm. is his fourth season. And he's as good a fullback now as the day he started there. Like and I, there's just been no improvement. I, I don't think so. Anyway, I don't think there's any been significant improvement. I think don't think there's any there's been any sort of better feel for the position. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like I was talking about a bit earlier with Tui Lola here. I think Tui Lola here has shown more like sort of growth as a fullback this year than Whiten has in four years, and that's okay. Some guys can't make that transition, but it's it's been a long time. There, yeah. You know. Okay, and. Um for me on that as well, just like you can see why people fall in love with Jack White, right? Physical specimen, yep. athletic, really quick off the mark kind of thing. And can only well, yeah, can run over people or whatever. But for me, back where he belongs in the centers, it'll happen someday because I think he's done the Raiders a favor with what he's done. They'll get that contract off their books. That's just, I think it's going to happen, and he'll end up somewhere else. And we'll wait to see what happens. I don't want really to talk about the incident much. We'll see what comes out about it. Yeah. Well, I, I think if the Raiders were to let him go, there'd be a lot of clubs that'd be after him. Oh yeah, yeah. mate. He's like I knock him a lot. He's still a good centre when Weakly. he goes there. Well, I know, I know this, this. I know what I've just said. Complimenting Watton doesn't really mash up with the croaker to wing is stupid stuff. Yeah. But you know there are clubs who would willingly pay for him to come and play for him in the centres. No worries. Yeah. And Simon's Tigers are one of them. Yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of players who aren't the world's smartest players and they can do fine jobs in the centres. Like you know, Whiten's not a good smart footballer because he doesn't understand the full positional player fullback. But it's one of the hardest positions to play in the, in the yeah, on the field. Not everyone can do it. You know. We've seen plenty of great players go back there and not stay there and not, not work, you know. Uh, next question, Thought or not FB. Which of Wayne Bennett's heads would be most effective this decade, big or little? Okay, if we're going from 2010 onwards, well, he's got to win on both. So that's it. Next question. Uh, Mick the Perm. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, anyone up on this? Anyone up on this random Simpsons racist stuff? Uh, oh, yeah. There was that doco last year, the problem with Apu and mm. all that. 
Well, no, yeah. it's not racist. They've always taken a piss out of all stereotypes. Well, I look, I I tend to try and not put my opinion about about these sorts of things because I feel like I have no context. I don't know what it's like to be discriminated or marginalised or be stereotyped or anything like that. Mm. So I don't like telling people how to feel about it. You know? Yeah. Yeah, you're right though. You're right. It's like uh, when people were getting upset about racial abuse on the field. Sometimes, like, well, I've never been racially abused. Yeah. So, so I don't I'm... know how it feels. Mm. So I. Yeah. I, yeah. Okay, next question. What have we got? Uh, Jack Cronin says, favourite take from Facebook fans when your team loses. His example is, Croker can't be captain. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> he you, heard, you, heard me, you heard me go off about it before, yeah. you know, so those uh, are my two. Mine is, it's, it's switched twice. So last year, my favourite take was, get rid of Ben Hunt. He's terrible. He's the worst. Nicarima is the future. Now this year it is, get rid of Nicarima. But find, just... Anybody. Just get someone. Somebody. Just get them. I don't know where they are. Just get them. Well, I'm happy to see Troy Dargan in the 21 this week at least. And So last week, I was I thought he was playing bench hooker. No, he played on the bench hooker. Last week, once, first game back, played a full 80 on the week and looked all right. I don't think he's the answer to prop questions, but you know, at least he's in the How 21. How old is he? I think 21. This isn't the 35-year-old guy. No, so. no. no. So Dargan is from Parramatta. So they took him off last off-season. And having watched him play last year and this year, handy little kicking game. Uh, not a bad passer and, and plays direct, but he's not one of those guys like, I'm not sure he's athletic enough to play in the NRL, if you get mm. me. Yeah. But yeah. Maybe, smart, maybe, smart enough. Maybe a bit not. of the Matt Frawleys. Yeah, may, that may be that. So, but yeah, we're happy he's at least in the 21. But Fair. yeah, that's my most hated one. The, uh, but I reckon if we start getting to sack Wayne points, I'm going to be abusing so many Broncos fans. We could lose every game for the next two years and I'm not calling for Wayne's head. Yeah, fair enough. Broncos Civil War. It's already on. It's always on. It's always raging. I thought, mate, this is the problem when somehow we've got so many Facebook fans and a lot of them don't listen to the podcast for Broncos Weekly. We get those dumb comments and I'll just get furious. Well, the, the PNG off. faction really have been rudderless since yeah. um, the King of Port Moresby oh, got turf from Brizzy. Exactly right. They have Bring been. back David Mead and all your problems will solve themselves. <laughs> uh, at Gilby underscore Gillard. With Mitch softening up and losing his hatred of Penrith, which team moves into his most hated spot? Well, okay, Camper, you cop my rants the most. Who would you think I? Who do I hate the most now? Is there someone? Then it might be the Knights. It might be. It really could be. Yeah. It might be. The especially, especially like over the last week, how the you know Bennett ruined them stuff really ramped up. Mm. Dale, I will tell you what, mate. Mate, yeah. I can, I'm it glad I live was, 50 kilometers from here. He wasn't happy. No, <laughs> no, it wasn't. But uh, yeah, they, they they could they have real potential to slot into that spot. Mm. Yeah, you know, who never, who knows? Penrith could come back in two weeks, and it could just be, it could be burning rage again. Maybe. Just... Well, has has the the Moylan hate intensified your already tenuous relationship with the Sharks? Not really. I don't know. It hasn't really. It's just been I, really I think, focused on him still now. I think with Moylan, well, it's he just like he fits with, in. He fits in there. Like he fits in with the club that he hates already, and it's just it just doesn't. You know, yeah. you don't pour more bathwater in the bath; it doesn't get higher. What? What if it's very philosophical? Oh, thank what you. if Moylan starts playing well and starts getting the big raps again? Well, I don't. It, will, will that gear it up? Will that stoke the fires? I don't fully just hate. Didn't just fully hate Moylan because of the media stuff, right? Because like for him, it was he was one of those guys that everybody seemed to make excuses for. Every lot, so many fans loved him and got behind him, but just irregardless of his performance. And I had the same issue with Aaron Woods like three years ago, right? And I had so many arguments over those guys, whatever. But those arguments are gone. Nobody, if I put a wood, if I say, tweet something about Moylan now, nobody's running at me. You know, I think that's a lot of it. Was a lot the of that. Shine, the mm. shine's definitely come off. Yeah. That's it. So it would take a lot for him to get back with the shine on with all the fans. So I don't think that'd happen. But yeah, the form of saying things, applications are open. I'm a hateful man looking for somebody to hate. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, hate, well, you know, how do you love if you don't hate? <laughs> you know? so, 
Jesus. There's, there's, there's spots there. As Campo said, that's very philosophical of you. Okay, and last question. Shieldsy1 says, thoughts on teams cheating the HIA and what could be implemented to prevent this? Independent doctors. Yeah. No, I don't even think it's so much independent doctors because most of the time the the player comes off the field at the discretion of the club if they think he suffered mm. a HIA. Yeah. Mm. And then the doctor just says, oh, yeah, he's all right, and they send him back on. And so they've, still I, got, they've still got to be off for the 15 minutes or 10 I minutes, am, right? I'm not certain yeah. on the intricacies of it, to be honest with you. Oh, it's one of those ones like... You can't miss. I know there's. We know some. Everyone's seen them. There's some that are taking the piss off. We know that, but you can't miss about with like head stuff. We're not supposed to, and yeah. they do. But I don't know if you're just making more tough rules on it. Is that really a great thing? No. Look, I'll be honest with it's you. Just I, more rules to break. I don't have a massive problem. No. With clubs rotting it. No. To be honest with you. Yes. Yeah. I'd rather them err on the side of caution. Mm. Yeah. I mean, as I said. You know, Tim Manor got Simbin on the weekend because he wanted a rest, let's be honest. Yeah, it's like, you know, sometimes a player will go off because he's got a sore, sore shoulder and they'll see him off for HA. Yeah, it's dodgy, but okay. <laughs> like, it's, it, it's, like, it's like 5% of HIAs. Is if, it, if it's 10, but, 10 is to 5%. It, is it really affecting games? No. I don't think so. Exactly. I, think, I think it's just a thing the fans can point to if their team gets yeah. done. You know, like yeah. when the Titans beat the Broncos, I saw a fair few Broncos fans saying that, oh, the Titans, they were rotten with the HIA stuff. It's like, yeah, well, guess what, man? That's not why you lost. Yeah, also, HIA didn't score, you know, three tries <laughs> in one corner. Okay. Anyway. HIA didn't cross kick for, for Tony Don. <laughs> yeah, HIA could play for Queensland. And thanks for uh, thanks for coming on, by the way, Campo. Yeah, great. Thanks thanks having me, short notice. You've been a brilliant guest. Always good to be as, here. As I am always a guest in your home, it's good yeah. to have you as a guest on our pod. Once we yeah, once we got past like the four false starts we had, I feel like it was all right. Yeah, yeah you know, it could have been <laughs> I worse. Get, well, I had to get me podcasting legs back. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I think that, that'll you do. You worked your way through in reserve grade. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> There's your the answer. <laughs> There's your answer. He got his confidence back, and we're all better for it. Though. All righty. Thanks for coming on, Campo. Thanks again. Thanks though. for having thanks me, Mitch. Having me. And it's on my neck like a little weak We run this shit like a paraclete It's hell on earth, but it's where I be Money over bitches on my ass now Here lies a nigga getting paid But never take a loss on my ass now Only take a L when I smoke it is I'm gang three times on my ass now Been thugging from the cradle to the grave Now your favorite rapper name on the ass now Imagine when you're 30,000 feet up with your dick up. Oh, I hate it knowing that my thoughts will turn to dream. Cause I never knew I'd get my chance to link up. Oh, I tell you all of this is usual to me. Swear I came from the bottom, flappers living, walking dead on. Put your favorite rapper's name up on the headstone. Big for the cheese and your dad wrong. Propaganda set the standards in the tear down. I hit it, doggy stash, you throw it back. Yeah, I'm born to Mac. It's dark and hell is hot, so leave me where I'm at. I'm living how I want now. No reason, no doubt, it's clear to see. All eyes on me for 100 degrees. Who am I? Ruthless, easy, does it. The chronic smoke in public, hated and love it. The underdog with liquor swabs. It was written in my diary, the start of war. I'm feeling infamous, immortal with my technique. A revolutionary shining with diamond teeth. Young Don Cartagena, excuse my demeanor. This the glamour life, you still not a player, you ain't have as nice. I'm born again, life after death. I made the sacrifice, I'm super duper fly. Juice to keep them hypnotized. I said my name is Juice, America's most. Ain't no half stepping, see you at the crossroads. Put money over bitches on my hands, though. Here lies young nigga getting paid for. Never take a loss on my hands, though. Only take a L when I smoke it is. I'm gang three times on my hands, though. Been thugging from the cradle to the grave. Now your favorite rapper name on the hands, though. Too late, you already lived. It was written in the children's.
story, that life's a bitch, so what you want? Every day I struggle with it, only got the jummy slipping, I'm infinitely big pimping through the genesis, that president, drop a gem on them, hello nerve, these the last days, throw your guns up, get money, quiet storm, having suicidal thoughts, for the cream, run the gate, for the money, all the green is the lemonade, I'm a player on the late night tips, on the triple six, see the prototype, tip drill, get some fingertips, reservoir dog, check the skull, ignorant shit, black out, can I live, hell razor, still filming, kiss the death, friend protect your neck, three dope boys in the Cadillac, grave digger, kiss the death, friend protect your neck, shame on a nigga, three dope boys in the Cadillac, grave digger, Put money over bitches on my hands, here lies a nigga getting paid, but never take a loss on my hands, only take a L when I'm smoking this. I'm gang three times on my head stop. Been thugging from the cradle to the grave. Now your favorite rapper name on the head stop. Too late, you already dead. Right now I'm on the edge, so don't push me. Trouble jumps to 96. You a shook one, reason or the ledge. I'm your pusher. What's that? I smell pussy. Let me count my guns. I'm five, four, three, two, one. Run, hi. My name is Dirk Cobain. Like a pimp. Here I go to the next episode. Ain't a damn nigga this explosive. Beast coaching. Reloaded. Fuck the mother niggas. Ride or die for my niggas. Strictly for my niggas. Survival of the fittest. That's the sound of the police. I'm in deep cover. Skirt, skirt. Lean back. Give me one more chance. They say Jesus walks and the devil wears. Product, but I'm so so deaf, God did tell me nothing right this on my death certificate. I gave you power, 21 questions like who shot you? I shot you, warning. Watch them niggas flashing like paparazzi. Two words, fuck bitches, get money. Tonight's the night, guess who's back on my blood? Rather unique, I lick a shot in Bucktown. This fire arm, silence on that quiet storm. T O N Y, top of New York, with a pitch fall.